Welcome back, everybody, to another episode of our NRL Supercoach team preview. Uh, tonight, we have a very special one. Obviously, it's the basically the Supercoach has gone official as of today. We're recording this on Tuesday, the 23rd, uh, for anyone who watches it down the track. So, we're all very excited, Supercoaches. Um, Percy, I've been still flat out. You remember us from last episode where we went until midnight. Luckily, we are a little bit early, but still, it hasn't changed. I think we're both getting absolutely smash of work. But Supercoach comes first before sleep for us. And getting you guys content, which I know you're all loving, you're messaging the page. Really, really do appreciate all the feedback. We are getting all the love and support as well. Keep hitting those follow buttons on the pages that you see, League of Inches, all the social media pages, the podcast, YouTube, the like. It goes a long way of, of helping us out and supporting us so we can do this for you guys and get bigger and better. Uh, look, you're getting all our secrets as well, especially Jesse's. You're getting to pick his brain. I like to say it every episode, but finishing 14th overall last year is ridiculous. So the fact that we get to, to pick his brain, especially now that everything has launched and we can see all the stats that he likes to look into, we can understand where his thoughts sort of go and s- sort of explain why getting some of those um, subscription-based services are probably worth it if you really want to go deep into Supercoach. But Jesse, I did mention it. Um, actually, I'll mention the teams quickly first. So we're doing the Storm, the Bulldogs, the Gold Coast Titans, and then the New Zealand Warriors. So a really, really big episode ahead. A lot of super coach uh, quality players in this that could be in many, many teams out there. But Jesse, been a big week and the launch date today for Supercoach. How are you doing? How are you feeling? Yeah, good. I um I had struggles like most people, I think, this morning trying to register their teams and whatever that sort of hiccup was with the, the app resetting, maybe just a bit of a you know techie glitch there. But um, I finally got in. Um, I haven't decided on my team name yet. I'm just sticking with the team that I ran with last year, so for the current time being anyway. And I deleted my whole team, started all over again. So at the moment, it's a blank slate. So I'll be doing that, uh, I think, probably a fair few times now between now and um the the first round kickoff but uh at the moment it's nice to just look at a blank screen and a full budget and just think where am i going from here so <laughs> funnily enough these videos are actually helping me decide quite easily now too which is very handy it's a bit more of a deep dive listen, now listen back to yourself and go oh my you make a good point there <laughs> yeah even just going through the teams myself while i'm saying it i'm thinking yeah. you know what that's that's not such a bad little thought process on it so yeah, that, that kind of just conversation really helps, um, you know, sway you in certain directions. But it'll be nice to get through these four. I think these are very, very relevant teams um, for yeah. both, you know, high output point scorers. Um, realistically, probably going to have a good handful of the highest point scorers in the at the end of the year out of a few of these teams and a fair few cash cows as well. So, yeah, good good little group we've got tonight. Yeah, you did mention you haven't said on your team name, but I have, and I'll officially announce it that I will be running with a bit of a play on words for the League of Inches. I wanted to bring that in for this year. My team name is Inch at a Time. So just a little bit of a play on words there. So um, Shocking. that is PG rated, of course. So no one try and be, be, be a bit dodgy about no, it. Uh, no innuendos there. It's just, yeah, it's just hey, we're taking an inch at a time with this team and we'll slowly yep. but surely get to first place. That's the motto this year. So before, like, let's get into it. Let's stop talking the nonsense. Do what people want to hear. And let's get in. I've got the slideshow again this week, guys. So the YouTube viewers, it's a great episode once again to watch on the YouTube. Uh, we'll just have those little slideshows going, which seems to be a massive hit. So here we are, the Melbourne Storm. Um, I've got a few little questions up there. Um, sort of 
more so to help me myself and Jesse, I guess, as we go to make sure we do answer a lot of the popular questions that we're getting asked each every each and every week around these teams. And um, we're not going to really hit these questions. We might do um, towards the end of each uh, club that we do if we haven't really got around it, but we should get around to pretty much talking about any all these talking points as we go. So again, we'll go through just each player position. So the, for the Storm, first up. Obviously, Hooker is Harry Green at 750k. Um, last year, I think he had an oh, sorry, he had an average of 73.5. So obviously, quite classy, a class mm. above um, pretty much the field for Hooker last year, and that's why so many people are just paying the premium to get him in. A lot of people already know how we're going so far with this. As we said, like Supercoach things always change. I didn't think I'd be saying I'd be running with Cleary and Hines, and so far it looks like I am doing that now. So you never know what could happen, but we have spoken about different options with Harry Grant. I guess, and I guess the first question here that we've got the talking boys is Harry Grant a set and forget? Uh, it's a very strong point, man. Like we, we've gone through our teams a thousand times and looked at it and, I think when it comes down to the Harry Grant discussion, like at the end of the day, yeah, he is. You know what I mean? Like it's Harry Grant. He's going to be number one at the end of the year. And you can already tell now, barring any serious injuries, there's no reason why he won't be the highest scoring hooker again. Um, At the point you make, whether he's set and forget from round one, that's a different discussion altogether. It's, It's one of those like you've got a sort of half bad run to begin with with an early buy. Um, he's priced at a 75 average, uh, break even as well. So, like, realistically, you think about it, he's probably going to make his break evens in the first few rounds. Like, I, I don't see a dip in his points. Um, but at the same time, you look at some other hookers who are cheaper, and you can kind of think they have that 75 sort of average output to begin with. And that's that's where their value comes up because they might score the same as Grant or, you know, maybe just a little bit less, but they will make more than Grant will for the time being. So, um that's the sort of half point where you want to get that coin to go up to Grant. Or if you have the coin, you know, you just get him. But for, for those like high 500, 550-ish hookers, there's a fair few of them, even going up to Marshall King, who's, you know, just buying a just smidge off 100K less. Like that's a lot of coin you get, um, probably for a similar output. So it opens up a lot of doors and a few avenues to upgrade other players in that position for what might be a very similar points output. But again, and someone might get a good score for a 50 or a 60 where for a grant, that's a very average score. And that's the sort of quality of play you're getting. Um, so it is worth the extra 200 on the other guys, but just depends on what your team looks like and whether you need those, um, need that extra 200, 150 odd K to, to really push the other the rest of the team up. So um, there are pros and cons for both. If you're, you're going to get grant in at some point, maybe after the buy, maybe after the rabbits came, Nothing says that he doesn't do what he does every single game from round week one onwards, though. So um, nothing wrong with starting with him, but I think there's a there's a good amount of k, uh, good amount of cash there. Sorry that you can get elsewhere. So it's tricky, isn't it? It's, it, it's very tricky, and the thing like the, with the, with the set and forget. Like if you do select Harry Grant to start round one, you are obviously, as you said, like you're just leaving him in your team no matter what. Yep. Like obviously, if there's an injury to him and it looks long term, I'd say time to part ways. And because um, I think with the Origin run for him this year, I think they do get nice timed buys as well. So I don't think I think getting rid of your Origin players to a certain extent 
is becoming a little less of the obvious play. Like there is somewhere mm. you can just keep him, especially in like I'd argue Harry Grant's a good case that because if the season goes as we're predicting, he will be just head and shoulders above pretty much every hooker in the game when it comes to super coach, when it gets to that stage of the season. But what we're saying and where, where we're sort of both lent towards, and I've obviously been influenced by what you've said early on, but it does make more sense now and uh, listening to a few other things out there. But I can see is Harry Grant for me isn't an obvious start for round one. Like it's just not one of those players that like a, a Nico Hines who is just screaming to me saying, you have to pick him. Like you, you have to go that way. I can mm. see Harry Grant still being good, but as you said, for ch- to allow me to go other plays, I can get. I feel like I can get away with not having Harry Grant for the first, as you said, probably until they get their buy, and maybe even a week or two after that, and yep. then jump onto him. And then you get a probably a six week period there before Origin and that where you get some good scores from him. He starts warming up because. Depending on how the team goes next year, Queensland, he'll have like uh, KP fully fit. He'll be pushing for that 14 role as well. So that could mm-hmm. mean Harry Grant could become an 80-minute hooker for Queensland is really pushing his case for that because he'll be up against Ben Hunt in a head-to-head role because I don't see Queensland not picking Ponga if he's fit. Yeah. Um, so you've got Walsh, you've got Ponga there uh, to choose from. So, yeah, uh, Harry Grant's an interesting one. It, it is definitely one to keep an eye on, especially with our podcast. I reckon we're going to talk Harry Grant week weekly at the moment like it's just yeah. it's weird and and yeah. the thing is when we go into the replacement hooker as well in in garlic he's on an option but for 268k if harry grants to go down for a long-term injury i am a hundred percent looking at bronson garlic oh definitely yeah garlic's position is pretty much nailed if something happens to grant and that's um that's huge like the like we, if you listen to what we spoke about last week when we made the point about the Broncos and the Panthers hookers, they don't use them as an outlet very much. Uh, nowhere near what Melbourne do with theirs. Um, and it's always been like that. You look at Cam Smith and now Grant, like he's just picked up the reins and kept going with it. So, um, you know, that just must be what Bellamy wants out of him. And, you know, if Garlic's been in that system, you got to think that he would do a shift as well. So for, for that price, man, you would have to. But again, man, like Grant seems like he's, you know, he's made of stone out there, so there's nothing really going to happen yeah. to him too too often. But, um, yeah, it's it's going to be one of those situations where you either start with Grant and you forget about everything, you ride him through Origin, you might swap him out for someone over the Origin period, you know, because you've essentially you've saved all these trades at Hooker that you might be doing working up to him um, just to swap him out for someone who looks, you know, hot for the few weeks that they're on and then you finish with him. Um or you just trade up to him. But, you know, it's it's a hard one. At the moment, I'm sort of undecided too. Um, I started with Grant last year and I ran with him the whole year and I traded him out at Origin for Damian Cook, I believe, because he wasn't selected and I rode that out and then I got Grant straight back in. Um, whether or not that was a good idea or not probably was a bit of a waste of a trade in hindsight. But um, he was a He's lot dearer last everyone. year. Yeah. It happens. He makes, makes some mistakes. bad calls. I make some bad mistakes, man. I didn't win, so there's obviously a few mistakes in there. Um, but he was dearer last year, and a lot of people started with him then. So I think it's just the rise of all the mid ranges now that sort of makes the argument against him a bit more solid. Because realistically, last year I'd sort of look at it and go, "There's no one else but Grant that I'd even half look at." Now there's a few in there that are priced really nicely, um, with a good amount of upside. So. 
Um, you know, like I look at I look at Robson and think he could probably do the same thing that Grant can do for at least a few weeks. Yeah. Might close the gap a little bit, but allow me to spend an extra 200k somewhere. So, yeah, uh, I think watch the space for Grant, and you know, it'll be in, in and out chop. And if I can find 200k, I'll probably get him in. But at the moment, doesn't look likely. So, and we will mention this. For some of the players of interest, we feel like for uh, this podcast, now that the app is fully out, um, at the moment his ownership is at twenty five percent, which mm. I feel like is quite low. Like it is very, very yeah. early. Obviously, it's been only one day. I actually feel like that is quite low because the way I'm hearing people talk, that I've literally only heard pretty much us say Harry Grant isn't the only option. Um, it's starting to become a bit more of the norm, but I'm surprised the number's as low as 25. I was actually anticipating when I looked at that number, 40s, maybe yeah. even close to the 50. That's I was thinking very, 40s. Very yeah, I was yeah. thinking well, I was thinking at least 40, you know, 45 odd because, you know, he is the best hooker People there. People listening. <laughs> yeah, they are. Um, and you sort of run down the line, and obviously he is more heavily owned than you know, the rest of them, but 25% isn't as high as I was expecting. Um, you've got Marshall King, 13, and he's the next best. Obviously, barring Jaden Braley, you know, it's separate because of his price. That's that's why everyone has him in there. Um, but it does drop off, and it quickly drops into the, the low single digits. So it's very spread out, like very spread out after him. So um, we might see that number, you know, inflate a little higher closer to the day. I think it's still, you know, it's all very tentative at the moment you know when I mean, the apps just started so you know people will just be going sweet i'll just put grand in there for now but yeah i, I reckon it does go up really um i think close to the day people start to think yeah grant 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 so it makes sense um but yeah initially i thought it would have been a lot higher so now the front row forward uh position for the storm this year um there was a couple of options last year this year for mine it doesn't seem like there's much at all and Looking at the owner percentage, uh, it's literally pretty much all zeros and, and a couple of one percenters. So everyone's on the same sort of page with this one. So I don't feel like we need to talk too much, to be honest. Like, there's not even really cheapy options, and no. uh, especially for the prop forward side of things. Christian Welsh was an option last year, isn't this year. Um, his price has better options around that price for mine. Yep. Um Nas, uh, Nelson Sofa Solomona, who knows? If he can kick himself into to, to gear and we know how important he is to the storm. He just seems to, I don't know, he just sort of seems to float a bit. Like last season, he seemed to just mm. float quite a bit and he's just in and out of games too much for my liking to be considered a, a super coach option. So that's all I've got to say on the front row position as a whole for the storm. Jesse, I don't know if you've got anything else to really add for it, mm. but there's just, yeah, for mine, there's nothing. Not really. I think we can glaze over it pretty quickly. Um, Walsh, obviously, last year was coming off an ACL, so his price really low. And he worked himself back to pretty much exactly what his average is, but you don't want to buy him at that. You just want to get him low and get him to that. Um, and Nassia, yeah, he's a bit of a liability. Uh, he's got the jewel, which is nice, but again, at five sixteen, like I wouldn't. There's a lot. There's a lot better options out there, especially with their start. So yeah, nothing. Nothing to write home about in the front row isn't at all. So no, there's not. Um, no. Second row forward though is a little bit of a different story. Um, mm-hmm. Again, there's not too much ownership percentage um, to talk about, but there is one that right down the bottom, Jack Howarth, he's famous in Supercoach land now. I think he's more famous for, for Supercoach <laughs> than he is with his rugby league career so far. He's been very, very heavily touted throughout the couple of years. And 
he did play one game last year and got 44 from it. So if he can produce that this year and a bit more consistency, we'll all be all over this kid. He he can play, but I don't know. Something must be not right with his um, headspace. So he, he mustn't be all there with training and just not getting picked. But we go sort of the top of the list. And um, one that was really popular last year was Katoa. Mm. He's um, priced at 656K though this year. For mine... I'm not going to go there for that price. Like I'd hoping this hard draw at the start might work him down a little bit. Then maybe he might be a play um, a little bit later on, but um, him and say Josh King as well. I know Josh King was super consistent last year, but again, it's just more so there's, there's other options for me at the moment. Like storm forwards aren't what I'm chasing if I'm looking at the storm. Not really. Um, Katoa, like, I, I really like Katoa too, and I think he's just a little bit too expensive. Um, yeah. You know, if he was a, if he was just even in the 500s, I'd probably have a good shot to look him as well. But, um, yeah, it's it's just nothing too exciting, man. They haven't really had anything too you know, outlandish as far as point scorers go in the second row for a while. And Katoa, I would say, is probably their best one. Well, you can show by the points, you know, his average last year was definitely he was the best one. So... But even still, like, he yeah. had that eye injury. He went missing for a while. He came back really strong towards the end of the year and just yeah. belted out some massive numbers. And that kind of inflated that because if you didn't have that stint towards the end, I think he would have been priced, you know, around maybe Loyero or in the early, early 500s. And I would have been tempted. Um, but now the temptation leans into Sean Bloor, um, who's someone that we're going to talk about anyway. He's not added in as a Storm player yet, but obviously he is now. Um, What's he if you want to go, uh, Bloor, I think he's low 400s or 450, okay. somewhere around there. So it's a nice price. Um, it just depends on where he gets the start, you know. Like, I, I, I'd be hard pressed to see him taking the position of Floyero, but it seems most likely. Um, he's 445. Why, why you bring 445? Why you bring up yeah. his numbers? I'll, I'll say from a, a rugby league point of view for Sean Bloor. I'm excited for the move for him. I, I can see him being really good under Craig Bellamy. My concern is his body. He just can't seem mm. to get consistent footy under his belt. Yeah. And that's not going to change if he changed club. Like, that's just a, a, a body thing. Like, yeah, unfortunately, some players, we've seen it in, in the NRL over the years, just can't seem to stay on the pitch. And it's always, it becomes sort of a what could have been career for him. I really hope that's not the case for Sean Bloor because – Everyone knows he can play, and we've seen it when he played for the Tigers last year. He was trying to be one of those real hard-style forwards for the Tigers when they needed it the most. And again, as you said, he, he could push push Liero out of that position easily. But the thing is, Liero did it did quite a good job last year for the yeah. Storm. So it's not like it's an no. urgent thing to get rid of him and replace him. It's like Bloor's got to really work hard to get that spot. Like that's one thing Craig Bellamy loves his new recruits to do. Can Sean Bloor's body hold a handle that sort of preseason? That's the other thing. Like a lot of unknowns for Bloor, even though he's, he's very nicely priced. If he can get eighty minutes consistently, we're all over it. Massive. Yeah, it's and it's the things he's going from the Tigers to the Storm. Like you got to imagine that's going to take its yeah. toll pretty quickly, man. That's that's from the bottom to the top almost. Um, if he can if he can handle that sort of thing and get his body in check, because I reckon it will it probably will make a difference, man. Like realistically, what have the Tigers got compared to Melbourne as far as facilities yeah. and just in general? Um, but he doesn't walk straight into that position. 
you know, I mean, there's a lot of people expecting Tarek Sims to walk into a position last year and he barely even got a game. So unless he proves himself, you know, and steps up and really makes a, a stand to unseat Loyero's position, I don't see anyone taking it off him. He didn't do a bad job, not enough to warrant him losing it. So I like it if he can get in there, uh, but it's a lot of ifs and buts. So, yeah. And we don't operate on ifs and buts in Supercoach either, guys. So uh, get that thought out of your brain. Uh, Chibi options, we've already mentioned sort of garlic, if he can get that sort of starting role for, for some points. We've already mentioned Jack Howard. Tepai and Moreau has just sort of always been around that sort of price tag and just doesn't seem to get enough work to warrant getting him on board either. Joe Chan, really good um, talent in the works. Again, it's just about, like, they've got, especially now with Sean Bloor as well, they've just got a lot of players to fit into six, seven mm. positions. So it's more so you just got to wait to see, especially with their cheapies, a few injuries for some of these top-line forwards, and then they might become a bit of a play, who knows, round five, six, seven, eight. Like, if there's injuries coming up, then that's when you sort of look at those sorts of players. Yeah, there's a lot of players in there that have had like one game, one game, one game. Yeah. Mariah um, had six games, but nothing significant. And a lot of them are duels, so you're going to get those games from, you know, bench rotation with the forwards. It's pretty much Katoa and Loyero, and that's basically it as far as they go for second rowers with very little deviation unless, you know, Nelson decides to fill in for someone who's injured. But, um, you know, if they can blood health a little bit, that's everyone's favourite cashy bottom dollar <laughs> second rower from Pretty, everywhere. Yeah. So. Just give him a run. Give us, give us the Bellamy, super coaches. Give us what we need. Bellamy clearly hates super coach because if he, he liked it. it, he would have had him playing eighty minutes by now. Um, let's go into the halfback and yeah, is the, the halfback role first for uh, the Melbourne Storm? Jerome Hughes is obviously a big one there. One um, percent ownership, which is not surprising. Seven hundred and twenty-two k. I put my hand up. I had him for a couple of weeks last year. Um, and he actually didn't do too badly for the, the patch I did have him for, but uh, I, he's not someone that I feel like anyone sort of starts with this year, especially with that that tough early draw. Um, Jonah Pezzett is not priced as a, a cheapie any, anymore, so he's someone that I wouldn't be looking at either. And the same with sort of Tyron Wishart uh, for mine mm. isn't really an option. Um, do you see any upside to Jerome Hughes for those players that don't want to go Cleary? Uh, and Nico? Not particularly. Um, he's expensive. He's the fifth most expensive half. Yeah. Somehow. Surprisingly you know I mean? as he's, well. He, I don't know how he, at the end of the day, he averaged more than Moses did, and I just didn't see him do it. No. I, I never really see that out of Hughes, though. And, you know, he had a good year. Was it two years ago? Three years ago? He had a really, really good year. But traditionally, it's always one of those, like, he might do okay. It's either him or Munster that really picks up the other one's slack, and more often than not, it's Munster, I would say. So um, far, far too expensive. And I can see his ownership's 1%, probably for a reason. Um, he did have that really perp- like really good purple patch last year where I saw him banging out massive points. But I think at that point I had Cleary and Hines or SJ and someone, and there was no way I was getting off any of those guys to get onto Hughes because you know it's fleeting. Like it'll, it'll come and go pretty quickly. Um, and yeah, it's just not worth the ups and downs, not at halfback and not for 720k. I think there's just far, far too much upside in those positions to, to get someone inconsistent. Um, and yeah, obviously the, the draw to begin with is not ideal. The buy for the whole team in the early rounds and just everything. You make the same argument for every player in that team. And I think there's just too many better options than Jerome Hughes. So if you love him 
and you want him in your team, by all means. But I won't be doing that. Yeah. Help yourself. Um, 5-8 is the only different option there is Cameron Munster, who has 5% ownership at the moment. 728K. He's probably in that little handful of players that everyone's trying to decide between. A fair few people have Dylan Brown as their sort of one of their their musts or one of their musts in Supercoach this year. And if you're looking at someone different, look, I know they've already got the little hand signals um, on Supercoach app already, and he's got the thumbs down at the moment, Cameron Munster. So, um, and they're not fans of of starting with Munster, but um, he averaged 71 last year, so that's still a good average. Um, but I don't know, someone's telling me to stay clear of Munster this year. I really like Cameron Munster um, as a footy player, you know, not as a Queenslander, not as a Melbourne's player, but just in general. I think he's just got a great game. And Any other time. He, he just, yeah, he just breathes and generates points, and he's great. And I had him for a, a fair whack last year too. And, um, you know, it was actually, I think I had him until I got him after the Dylan Brown incident, and it was one of those like, oh, okay, I've got, I've got Munster now because it's not Dylan Brown. Um, and I think a lot of people will make the same argument too. He's only a little bit cheaper, not massively enough to make some other team moves, but not 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 a great deal. Um, and you see the thumbs down, and it's only for the Panthers game because, like, he's not going to do much against the Panthers. No one ever does. But you look at the next couple of games, and you know, traditionally smacks the Warriors and smacks the Knights. So. There's a few hundreds in there, 99 points in the previous games, 110, you know, going back. So you look at those scores too, if you've got the plus, and you can see, you know, he does do quite well. Um, but, you know, is it is it Munster or Brown? Because it's surely not Cody Walker um, by any means, I reckon. So um, it's a tricky one. I, I would still lean towards Dylan Brown anyway. I think you just find the cash and go to Brown for the, the more consistent base. Um, you know, he's going to bounce back this year. He's got a better run for the longer term too. He doesn't have origin. So there's so many factors um, when it comes down to it. And really the only reason I would probably go back to Munster again if something was to happen at Dylan Brown. So um, it's it's pretty much it really. He's an ex- excellent player. If you can afford to have both at some point in the year after your team value's gone up and, you know, you've gone away yeah. from this starting lineup, it'll debacle. You, you, you wouldn't be doing anything wrong having the two best five eights in your team, but. I think for the for the initial startup, I'd probably be leaning towards Brown anyway. Um, yeah. But yeah, Munster has his games. You know, it's nothing, nothing, nothing. Sixty points out of nowhere. So you are um, nervous if you if if you yeah. do go Brown, you're still nervous watching Munster because you just know he does yeah. have that in his game. He he's a super oh, he friendly player and. If he yeah. could do what he does in very small stints throughout the whole game, he would probably be the highest scoring player in the season. Um, but you'll get monster halves out of him and then completely disappear for the whole second half. That's the kind of up and down you get with him in the game. Uh, I, used to, I think I had him for a few games last year where he'd scored like, I think he was on 80 points at half time, And I'm like, oh, shit, I'm on for something massive. And then he ends the game on 85. And you're thinking, what the, f- what happened? In that second yeah. half, what happened in the dressing room to say just stop playing? So, yeah, it, it's not all you know rainbows and sunshine when you have him, but when he's on, he's on. So, the center wings, there is some players here of interest. Um, it's a really good position, I think, for the storm. Straight up, though, number one, Nick Meany has priced himself for mine out of the market after playing yep. a lot of last year or most of last year at fullback. He is 694K. 
So he Good was time. scoring quite nicely in that back position. Um, even if I feel like Harpenhausen goes down early again this year, I don't think he's a play because there is another guy we'll get to shortly who I think will become that fullback. And Nick Meany now moving to the centres, I don't think will generate an average of 68 points um, a game for this no, year. So no price himself out. Um, Seve has pro- – has, I'm surprised he's so high as Seve, 527K. He averaged 57 last year, so he was a sneaky. He must have just been one of those sneaky players that just bottled it along and whoever owned mm. him was not too dissatisfied with what he was doing. Yeah, he averaged it out of seven games, though, and yeah. I think they were more towards the back end where everything was kind of already settled. You know, everyone had your Elzarkos and your Marzus and that. You weren't getting onto Seve, um, no. even for whatever he started at. So he was one of those gems that kind of just went, you know, untouched towards the end of the year. and. He's been priced accordingly, and he's going to remain untouched, I think, for the whole season. So, because um, he won't be doing a fifty-seven average, it was probably just a big, big lot of games there. Um, Will Warbrick was a gem, though. Will Warbrick was bottom, bottom dollar last season, cheapest center wing you're going to get. Um, and I held on to him for the longest time. And there was no reason to trade him. He was he was a prime cash cow last year too, just primo. And I think a lot of people jumped off early. Got a few good games out of him. Sweet. There's a little bit offload. Man, I held on to him for dear life. And he was an excellent play when I needed him to. And I eventually did trade him. But um, that was – it's kind of the point now. There isn't anyone like Will Warbrick this year. No, so that, you're obviously getting him back then. You'll start round one with the brick. Oh, layer. yeah. He's going to be first first player in my name, uh, the team. <laughs> Gone straight in. I might even captain him. No, it's just Ballsy. that like you look at him now. Big balls last year. Yeah, man, huge. That's that's how I got there. I just captain Warbrick every round. <laughs> it, eventually, you know, it'll pay off. A broken clock is right twice a day. So, um, if there was another great option, yeah, Super Coach Wisdom, tune in for the facts and stay for the <laughs> philosophy. So, um, there's just no one at the moment. Even when you go through, not forget the storm in what the discussion is at the moment, but just in general, there is no really good option starting wingers for 200k at the moment and we might see him but he was last year and now he's been priced to to what he got 500 um so you know that's that was an easy 300k a lot of people jumped on and you won't be going up from 500 you'll probably only going down so it'll just be a, a, a little up and down thing with him it'll just be up a little bit down a bit up a bit down a bit um much more consistent as far as that goes and i reckon someone like Coates or remus would be completely irrelevant super coach players in my opinion just don't yeah. do it they might be priced nice Great. enough in a in a very strong team but they do nothing out there absolutely nothing so um there's not a great deal of options bar far logo who has unbelievable potential unbelievable potential my man shout out to far logo as well Reached out to the page the other day. He has seen the fact that I am obsessed with the bloke. Again, yep. look at the picture of him. How can you not be obsessed with that? I know. Um, You're I only just, human. I shared, I shared his, his dance video um, he had on Instagram the other day that the people who follow the storm would, would know what I'm talking about and had a bit of a laugh, had a quick little chat with him. So he's a great bloke. Good on him. Um, love you, Sua. And I am all over you this year. Yep. Let oh, me start. Guaranteed. I want you to answer... <laughs> Please. I, I want to quickly put my thing with Sua because you know how much I am obsessed with the bloke. 
everyone mm. out there who follows the page, especially on Insta, would see I've done a few reels already about him. I've done a few posts on him. I am obsessed. I am all for 2024 being the Sua logo um, era, basically, where we get to see. But, and I've got a question here, is he a must-have? I have yeah. the answer is a no. I, I actually have yeah. got rid of him from my team because the thing is he's not priced at that dirt cheap. If he was priced at that dirt cheap, I'd probably leave him. He's just an awkward amount where I can do a bit more with 100K and until I know he's going to get guaranteed at least 60 minutes, I want at least 60 minutes from him to get good points. Ideally, I want him to start at fullback. That's ideally. Mm. Um, I don't want to touch him yet. The more I, I think about it, yeah. the more I just think, uh, even if he starts, he gets that 14 role. I don't think he's not going to be playing hooker. He's 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 not a hooker. He, if, he, if he plays that 14 role, he'll get maybe five, 10 minutes in spurts. We know what Bellamy plays with those sorts of players. And it won't be much to get quick cash generation. Mm. Yeah, I, I just don't, yeah, I don't see where he gets me. his minutes, man. I don't see where he gets his minutes. And it's, it's a shame. Like I, I really want to have him in my team. It's the ceiling. There is no ceiling. Like the guy's going to go straight through, and just keep going up. You know what I mean? Like it's just you want to see him get that run. And there's this massive argument against so many players. He's better than on that team, I reckon. And you could just put him on a wing and just let him do his thing. Like oh, yeah. these other guys have had years and have proven to just score a try and nothing else. And you just think, fuck, just give him a go. I just want to see it. Um, whether that's from you know a super coach perspective or actual footy in general, the guy's a beast. He's a little weapon. Oh. He's going to just blow everyone up, and I think he deserves to get a go. But um, I, th- I feel like it's just going to be a, a bit of a headache to have if you start with him and nothing happens there for a long time. Because, again, he, he isn't that bottom dollar. Uh, he can't be you know, with that game that he played last year. There's no way you can place him at 200 and, you know, 5K. It's just not going to happen, but... Yeah, 339 puts you real close to a couple of, you know, half-decent little cashy options there in the centre wing. And it's like, do you do you run off the uncertainty and just sacrifice 100K to have him? Because he might get a start eventually. Um, and it could be one of those things where he gets a run, he's not going to make anything for a few weeks. And it like, like Munro last year where he came in, cleaned up for those who had him, actually didn't change price because he didn't get the game to do it. Um it might take a bit of time. There's a potential that he might get put out there for five, 10 minutes and go down to basement price after a couple of rounds. Um, if that, if that happens and I need to cash out of someone, I might even just put him in there as the, the bottom dollar placeholder just to have him and just brick the slot and just, you know, forget about it. But I don't, I don't think you necessarily should start with him. Um, yeah. I think it might just be a bit of a it pains me now. to say it as well. It, it hurts yeah. me. So uh, I know you're listening to the potty because you're yeah. a massive fan of the show. <laughs> love you. I work. do love you as a player. I want you to get the number one position. I love Pappy as well, but I want you to get it because I'm all for you this year. But if you, I, I see 19% ownership, and I think mm. a lot of people are getting caught in the hype. I did that originally as well. And I, he was literally the first person I picked on Supercoach. I made a big post about it, said he was my first <laughs> one. I did it. But the more I sit back and actually think about it, and you have to, if you want to win this game, you've got to take your, your head and heart uh, uh, and make sure they're separate. And on this occasion, this is one where I've got to put my head on and go, I'll patiently wait as much as it pains me. And to not see that name in my side round one, 
I have to be smart this year because I'm beating Jesse and that's all I've got to say about it. So <laughs> uh, the last fullback, the last fullback to quickly talk, and he's again, he's as cheap for what he can produce if he can stay on the field, which is obviously Ryan Pappenhausen. 645k. He does have the the down thumb little emoji by Supercoach so far. Again, it's probably because it's the Penrith Panthers. 26% ownership. So he's quite high, especially he's probably the highest owned storm player. I think he is even more owned than than Green is for what we've seen there for the percentage. 1%. Uh, yeah. yeah, 1%. So he's the highest paid. So we have already spoken about Pappenhausen at length, but we'll do it a bit more because it is the storm section of it. Yeah. People might not have listened to the other bit, but we're, we're saying tread cautiously when it comes to Pappenhausen early on. I don't think even if you don't get on early, you're not going to miss out on too much and you'll still be affordable for a number of weeks, in my opinion, because of the tough start. I don't think he'll be going 100 mile an hour from the get-go. I think there'll be some plans in place to maybe even we'll see maybe him and Falogo, maybe Falongo will come on after 45, 50 minutes or something and, and give him a break. Who knows? But I don't think – I think Bellamy will make sure he won like if the Melbourne Storm are to go close or to win this competition, they need Pappenhausen to be fit. The best way they can do that is not by to rush him at the start of the year. They'll make sure he's fit by the end of the year. So I, I don't see Pappenhausen is very juicy priced and it allows you to do a few moves, but you've also got to make sure you get some points, especially early on. Yeah, the, the points early on thing is very important. And I think it kind of gets left to the wayside when you're talking value. Um, but his value is great. Like 645 yeah. for a fit pap is a really good price because he was near a mil last year. You know what I mean? Like he's that was big, big coin for a player who can do not like there's not many other players that can do what Pappenhausen can do out there when he's when he's on. Um, you know, you get consecutive hundred pointers with him when he's going. But he's had such an injury ridden last two years, man. It's such a and they're not just, you know, little ones here and there or you know, he, he did his ACL and he was off for a whole season. Like he destroyed his knee and then he destroyed his leg and ankle. So um, those are pretty significant injuries that we don't know where he's going to come back and be. Um, I hope he gets back into it and goes straight there. I, I still think it, the fixtures at the beginning don't help the argument to start with him because they're not the easiest runs. Like If he come out and he played um, like the Dragons with the first game or um, the Raiders or someone that you expect that's probably going to start off a bit rocky, you'd think, okay, it might be worth starting with him because you can get a good idea of his potential. But he's starting with the Panthers. Um, whether or not you thought that he was going to come out and blitz it, like he's, regardless, he's probably not going to do that anyway. He's never had a good game against um, Penrith. His highest ever score against him looks like 53 points. Um, yeah. Coming back off a, a very long stint away against the best team in the comp, you'd expect that to continue. Um, and then he then he goes to the, the warrior, um, yeah, the Warriors, and then the Knights. So they're not the worst fixtures ever, but I still just want to see a bit more out of him. Um, so do I. And you, you can you can afford to wait that long because after those three, they've got to buy, and then you've got an extra week to decide what's going on. So uh, it's it's worth the wait, really. Like you you can always get him in. Uh, it's it's obviously a lot of coin and you might be cashing down from someone or if you're running with a premium fullback and a really cheap fullback, it might be a lot harder to make that swap over. 
Um, so you might, if you're very interested in it and you're curious, it might be worth just hovering close to it just to make that switch to someone with like a Jaden Campbell who's very close in price. You can see where he's going to be after a couple of rounds and maybe make that switch over. But oh, I, I've thrown him in a few teams, man. I, I really do like Pappenhausen. And I, for that price, I feel like you probably want to start with him, but so there's just far, far too much uncertainty around it for to be locked in. Like 26% ownership is quite high for, for what he's coming off the back of. Yes. Uh, I was surprised it's, with that number. It's almost like they have just sort of go, oh, well, it's Pappenhausen. You know what I mean? It's Pappenhausen. He's all right. It's like, man, it's, it's going to take some recovery to get back from what he come back from. Yeah. I know he's running and I know he's doing all this stuff good again, but he did that after he come back from his knee and it didn't take long for for what happened. Also, it was a freak accident twice in a row. Um, yeah. He'd have to be the unluckiest player in the league to have anything happen to him again. But um if something does or if he gets, you know, rested, I, I can see that, but it's unusual to rest the fullback in general. But I suppose his, his situation's a bit different. Um, yeah. It's not like he's just a bit unfit. Like, he's he's got to get his legs back. So, you know, Farlogo might get that little stint run, you know, covering for him here and there. They might split it like he did when he come back from his first injury with Nico Hines. Um, I think he just got knocked, knocked out clean and... He was off for a long time yeah, there with the concussion one. stuff. It Magic was a really ground. bad one. He was pl- plank on the ground. Like it wasn't it wasn't nice to see. And it took him a while to come back from that. And when he did come back, obviously Nico did a lot of groundwork and he kept the kept the team going for him. But they did rotate with each other. It was twenty minutes here, might have been half an hour for maybe four or five rounds. And it, we might see the same thing happen again. Um, I still expect him to start out of everyone. I just don't know. I don't know yet. Still early days. It might be worth is, watching and just seeing what happens with the trials and how he's looking. You know, yes. if he comes out and he's just going ballistic and you think, oh, Pap's back, then yeah, I reckon get him in. But um, it just have to wait and see on him, man. Yeah, no, I, I, I do agree with that. Um, I think that's pretty much it on the Melbourne Storm. Uh, we, yeah. we have covered all bases per, uh, personnel-wise. So uh, let's click over to the Canterbury Bulldogs, uh, a team – Still some some options. I'll I'll start off. I'll quickly say that their first five because we have been speaking about that. So round one is against the Eels, uh, the Sharks round two, the Gold Coast Titans round three, South Sydney Rabbitohs round four, and round five is the Sydney Roosters. So we'll go from fullback this time and work our way up. Um, the first thing I'll say just. On the Bulldogs as in general, for my super coach thinking this year around the Bulldogs is I'm trading very, very cautiously because of how they have been over the last couple of years. And I still feel like for the rugby league point of view, they're missing a few things, especially in the forwards, which could become a decent thing when it comes to super coaching, getting some cheapies and getting some good game time out of them. But Will that generate over to the rugby league side of things? I'm not too sure. Uh, and I'm still a little bit worried about their attack and, and where they will score their points. But let's get into it. Uh, so, look, their fullback options, pretty much oh, it's, no it's real percentage uh, no real percentage options there. Um, for the Supercoach side of it, they've only got three selected, but in real life, they could probably put about 10 players there. So there'll yeah. probably be some dual positions getting changed around uh, early on this year. But they got Perrin there, Hayes Perrin, no interest at all, 512K. Blake Taff, obviously the new recruit. There is some 
There is some whispers coming around that he will be getting the fullback starting spot and Crichton will start at centre. Mm. I've seen that too. I can I can sort of understand the logic, but I, at the same time, I'm thinking weighing up Crichton and T- Blake Taff, I know who's I want getting their hands on the ball more, and that's obviously Stephen Crichton. Um, I'm worried that if Crichton is a centre for the Bulldogs, he's nowhere near as lethal or as damaging as where he was when he was with the Penrith Panthers. That's my, my main concern. But Blake Tar, 400K or just over 400K. Um, there's a few out there that, that are entertaining. I do 2% ownership. Um, but, yeah, yeah, I'm not touching Blake Tar. No. There's too much hesitation already from me. Yeah, it, I just don't see it. Like, you know exactly what you're going to get out of Blake Tarf. Like, he, he's, you know, in a much better side, too, with the Rabbits. He just didn't really seem to do a great deal. Um, you know, it, their their fullback stocks could be so, so long, man. Like, you go through it. I would, pre- I would prefer Connor Tracy at fullback than Blake Tarf. Yes. And that's that's just another player they've got. They've got Perham. They've got Crichton. There's Tracy that can do it. Um you could probably put anyone in there, to be honest with you, and they could all do something. And um, I don't think Perham could <laughs> compared to what the rest could. Um, but, yeah, 2% ownership's surprising, actually, for Blake Taff. But, you know, if it looks like he's going to be getting that fullback spot, you know, he's a starting fullback for 400K. You know, fair enough. But, yeah, I, I personally wouldn't. I just think there's too much going on there at the moment. There's... That club has just gone ballistic and signed that many utility players and players that can just go in any position, whether or not it's just coverage or, you know, I don't know. I really don't know. It's it's so hard to look at that team and think of an actual lineup because you think you've got – you might have eight players there for four positions um, yeah. or five for the one, or there's just so many barring the forwards. They don't really have that sort of depth there. But for everything else, they've just got excess of – I don't know where that. I don't know where it's going to go. And if Blake Taft does get the run there, how long is it going to last for? We're, we're unknown. Like that's the thing, and that's why I don't want to touch anything to do with Canterbury Bulldogs backline players for now. Like obviously, there is a couple of those elite players, which a little bit of a different story. But again, I don't know if I want to pay a premium price for for a Bulldogs player right now. I know there is one we'll get to in the wingers that you are. Mm. quite excited about um but yeah like the point you make like it just feels i I need to watch the bulldogs for the first i'd go past five rounds i'd say at least six or seven to see some consistency with how they're playing and the style and look that might mean i miss out on someone who's doing quite well points wise but i'm willing to take that hit because it's a bulldogs player now put the jerseys swapping to the like who we just spoke about the storm i'd jump on that player within the first two to three weeks like but just because it's the dogs and there's so much uncertainty there, yeah, I'm not touching it yet. I I, I can't do it to myself. But when we go on to the, the center wing side of things, like Crichton, to me, 2D, I'm not entertaining it yet. If he can get some fullback minutes and they can start to play a bit more of an attacking style of football, maybe I'll entertain it. But the guy just mm. below, and I know you love him, Jacob Kraz, 605,000. Yeah, only 2% ownership, so let's not Absolute say too bargain. much. <laughs> He's a bargain. He's a hell of a pod. It should be 50% ownership. It's it's the year for Jacob Carraz. Out of everyone in that team, he's he's the most nailed winger they've got. You can put him anywhere. Um, yeah, I can't see his presence enough. He's a, he's a weapon. He's a straight-up weapon. Um, whether or not, you know, 
everyone else shares the same views as I do, that's up to them. But I like the guy. I think you don't want him to. No, not really. Let me <laughs> let me have that one at least. But yeah, no, he's he's a great player, man. Um, there's a few goodies out there at the moment too, and you know you can you can build a very lethal dogs team out of these players they've got. It's just how they start. You know what I mean? Like it's they struggled with attack a lot last year, and you can make the point that you don't want to get onto any of their attacking their, their backline, their fullbacks, or their wingers and that kind of thing because you know it's a fair point. They're not great. So when you got to look at a base side of things, because, you know, they're going to be getting those kick returns. They have to be. They're going to be getting smacked most of the time. So there's easy meters for a lot of these wingers. And, you know, if they've got the the legs to run that much and, you know, they're breaking tackles and doing all the good stuff like Karaz does, you know, you've got these players there with good base and the attacking outlet might not be there all the time, but, you know, they're, they're going to have to, they're going to have to work hard, man. They're going to have to work real hard. Um, and they've got, some good players that can do that. Like, I think Crichton's really good. Um, I don't know where he'll sort of lie when it comes to playing center or realistically, man, he's, he's a fullback in that team out of everyone they've got. Um, but Tracy is the exact same. He can play off the bench. He can play at center. He can play on the wing, can play fullback. Um, just put him on the field and he'll just do a really, really good job for you. But unfortunately he's expensive. 566. It's a bit too high um, for, but his potential is really good. Um, Blake Wilson's another one. It didn't do anything wrong to lose a spot from last year, so it's going to be tricky to see who actually gets in the lineup. Um, Ado Car, obviously, you would think I, I would I would think naturally Ado Car and Karaz would be on the wings. Um, and then it's like, who are their center pairings? Like, which two do you go with? Do you go with um, Bronson Cherry, or do you put in Crichton in the centers, or do you put Tracy in the centers? Um, it's just yeah, so much to so much to look forward to, I guess, with these Bulldogs trials. Um, and then you got Drew Hutchinson too. Obviously, I wouldn't play him at centre ideally. He's probably going to be putting pressure on the um, on the halves there. So a lot of options. Mm. It's not fun. I, I, I agree. Um, Brunson Sherry is one you just mentioned, and let's talk a bit about him. He's owned at thirty three percent ownership, so a lot of people are after him. I think. Also because of his price at 345k, I don't think he's a certainty to be picked round one. The more I think about Bronson Sherry, I think he could be eased back into things for the first few weeks. The only other thing is Connor Tracy has picked up an injury, which we're not yep. we still haven't been told how serious that injury is. We're still it's sort of very murky waters out at, mm. at the Bulldogs right now in terms of that. I think because I don't think they want to have sort of egg on their face after thinking they've just signed someone who's got a, a longer term injury than um, they want to let everyone know about. But I don't know. I, I'm yeah. I, every it's, time I do a team, like I've only just, I think I'm, I'm now gotten around to him only because of a price thing. If it wasn't for that, I wouldn't be going for him. I, I'm just not super sold on Sherry yet. No, it, like you can see why people are getting him in. Like there's a lot of, there was such a big there's such a lot of talk about Bronson Cherry going into that team and obviously what happened with him at the Sharks and you know coming back in you know he did really good at the Sharks too he did quite well and then you think okay he's obviously disappeared for a couple of years you don't know what that's going to do to him in general being a couple of years away from the game so how long was it Th- 3 4 years yeah 4 i think this is the 4 years year. man so that's a long time 4 years 4 years is huge to be out of the game the game's changed a lot in 4 years um the pace has changed, like, you know, it's got to see where it goes into. But 
traditionally, if you just thought, oh, there's a bulldog center here for 345, you wouldn't even look at him. But it's because yeah. it's Bronson Cherry <laughs> that people, you know, they go, oh, you know, Bronson Cherry's back. Let's see what happens out of it. It's more of the mistake, I think, than actually like fact driven. Because um, he might not even get the start. And that's 33% ownership. Someone's got to find money to get someone else. Um, yeah. If he does get the start, you know, 345 is not a bad price for what he could do because, you know, he's only got to make 30-odd points, which is very possible in that team anyway. So you see yeah, why his ownership he, is high, but, yeah. Before you go on, I just want to quickly pick your brain with that point because I think it is isn't a point that people don't think about enough when it comes to picking your side early on um, and getting it right, where you say these cheaper players are fantastic to get, obviously. But you can easily get very, very stuck if you go for someone, like you said, a Sherry, and there's no real options because the real good options are already too far out of reach and there's too many trades you have to make to catch up to that and you're already way behind. Can you talk a bit about that logic side of things? Yeah, definitely. So um, it's it's quite important to get that starting lineup you know, as, as balanced as you can with players that are actually going to make that coin. If you get stuck with the so many mid-rangers, it makes it really hard to go up if they start just going stale. And if they go stagnant and they're not making anything, um, you start having to make multiple trades and it might take you a couple of weeks to make the one trade that you actually wanted to do. Um, which by the time that comes around, you might have other fires to put out. So you don't want to be going two, three weeks trying to make a single trade happen because you just priced out of it so early. Um and it's such an important time to get the right cashies in there because, again, I make the point with um, Warbrick or like Khan Pereira. These guys started bottom, bottom dollar with basically guaranteed positions for, you know, even if it might not have been anything too flash, they will have definitely gone up at least 100, maybe 200K. They both went up more than that. So, you know, they're the kind of guys that you want to get onto and they were basement and they were guaranteed. This guy's 350 and he's not certain. That's it's a lot of swing. Like you're going 150k off the bottom dollars. Um, we just got to wait and see. Obviously, who's going to be in that position. But um, if nothing happens for Cherry and you start with him and he doesn't look like he's going to get a run or he's just not there for whatever reason, it seems like at training he might not be with it. Think of a thousand examples. Where do you go from him if you're left with a budget of 5k from like round one? You can't go anywhere. There's no one close to him. Um, Everyone below him isn't an option. Otherwise, you probably would have had them. And anyone above him is of an option maybe 100K away. So then you've got to go, oh, shit, now I've got to get rid of this gun and go down to someone in a mid-range just so I have a starting player. And that's really, really bad place to start from. Um, and then you look at it and you go, shit, by the time I put my fires out, which could have been completely avoided in general, um, you're already four or five trades in. And you've gone nowhere. You've just yeah. you've just started at a very solid baseline, which you could have done. So a lot of it, you know, it's it's all hindsight stuff, and you're thinking about you know, what might happen, what might happen. But it's it's very very important. Like you can get yourself off to a really good start. Um, mm. I, I got very lucky last year that I'd started off so strong, and it, I stayed so high the whole season. I never really dipped too hard, and it was from you know round four or five, I was in the top one k and stayed there. And it's just got a really good yeah, start. Uh, I didn't, uh, unfortunately. Uh, looking back on it now, 
I'd made that mistake, what you're talking about now. And that's why I sort of made that, wanted to stop you there because it did really resonate with myself, but I, I could see it where I, looking back, I got it wrong. And I did do a few of those decisions that I shouldn't have done. And um, just quickly as well, off camera, just then, guys, you've probably seen me have a little giggle and stuff while Jesse was going. My phone was literally about to die. I had to send a quick message to the to Miso. Can you please bring my phone charger in before <laughs> this phone dies? Because I need the app, obviously. So she literally came crawling in to get me the, the charger <laughs> so that she wasn't in the camera shot. So look, what, what they say is true. That they're real MVPs, the Misos. They keep us all going. And um, a final player that I think is very underrated when it comes to this and whether you pick him at center wing or two RF, um, Jamin Semen. And I think you're mm. the one that actually has mentioned this to me. And and I'll think about it. And I am starting to like it. Like he's 317K, so he's not bottom, bottom dollar. But for the role I think he's going to play at the dogs, like he, they haven't signed him just for the sake of it. I think he's got a quite a role to play here because I think what the dogs have seen last year, plus started to play a little bit in the forwards for Penrith and make those sort of 20 minutes since or so around that sort of middle area, he'll do the same thing at the dogs, but probably with more minutes. And when we look into a bit more, they don't have a great deal of depth or starting options really when it comes to the props. I'm not saying he's on the side of prop, no, no chance at all, but he will get some decent minutes and he'll get for mine easily. Maybe I shouldn't say easily, but he should be able to get his, what he's going to be priced at average wise. Plus some. Yeah, I don't know. It just depends. Like, he's going to get more of a role than he got at the Panthers. That's, yeah. that's pretty much a given. So you'd think, naturally, he's going to score, you know, at least his price. That's that's the thing. Obviously, you want him to score more than his price. Otherwise, it's, you know, you're going nowhere. But, like, it's hard to make his comparisons to the Panthers because, you know, where was he going to get that, like, where's he going to get that role from? So, you know, he was in a really good team to try and make these big points. You know, he had a massive game last year. He's got 93 points in a game. So... I remember that one too. It was a, it was a big one, um, but I think it was against the Cowboys. Um, he's also got some really low games, but it just depends on what his role is, man. Um, if he gets the minutes, like he'll he'll do what he can do. His points per minute are pretty solid. Like he might be up around that 0.9, you know, thing. He just needs the minutes to get there. Uh, but again, that was in a really good side, so. When they get battered, maybe different. But the Bulldogs might be different this year, man. They've, they've got the players to be different, so they've got they've got a point to prove, I think. And they don't want to go out there and just be, you know, the whipping boys every week. But um, yeah, it's it's just it's the same thing as Cherry, man. Like, what's he going to do? Where's he going to be? Yeah, You're probably off the stuck. bench. Yeah, you just get stuck, and I just don't like that because yeah, you just you want that bit of consistency, man. You want to be able to get off these guys too. Like, they're not they're not long term plays. Uh, you want to have them for a good stint when their fixtures are, are nice or get it to get some good cash out of him nice and early. But uh, I just don't see him making anything for a long time unless he gets something solid. So the only ones yeah. in the whole center wing slot that I really do like, honestly, is Karaz. Yeah. Um, and yeah. you've got Crichton, but he's expensive. So there's just a lot of better, way better options at 650. But yeah, it's there's a lot of options there and none of them are really viable. No, it's not. Um, the five eighth position, uh, Matt Burton for mine this year isn't really an option. Uh, we've got the question there: is, is Matt Burton an option this year? I can't see it. Four percent ownership. I think that might be for people who can't afford to go up to like the Munsters and the Browns, and they're trying to just come up with an option. Which 
I guess he's a bit of a talking point for those who might might be going differently with their team. And again, it's just because the attack side of things, I don't know if it's going to be there straight away with the dog. So I can't be going for a Bulldogs 5 8. Mm. And, the, and the rumors are that they ideally want him to play center as well. Like he's another one that wants, yeah. uh, the, the early talk has been about him moving into the centers. So who knows what's going to happen? Because then you think about players who aren't even in the super coach 5 8 position, which is like Hutchinson. Who can play five eight? We just spoke about Semin, who, if it came down to it, he could play five eight. Yeah. Taft can play five eight. Um, heck, Crichton could be a five eight. We've seen him do that for, for Samoa. So there is just so much uncertainty around the back line in the halves for the Bulldogs that you can't really pick anyone really confidently because you just, we literally don't know yet any of these positions that are guaranteed. Like the only one you could probably say, I'd say Karaz and Adekar are guarantees. I, uh, Crichton is definitely a guarantee, but we just don't know about his position. Hmm. And Matt Burton is a definite, but we again we don't know about his position. And and quickly, Supercoach app, Carl Opoapu's yep. got a thumb up saying, "What is I guess good choice, mate? He's not playing. He's out for who knows how long now. He could be career over with um I think it's a back uh, issue. So come on, guys, just little things, Supercoach, get it right early on, please, guys." Yeah, it's because he scored 72 against him in his one game against the Eels. So they rate him like he's likely going to do that again, yeah, but obviously, yeah. obviously not. Um, I started last year with Matt Burden. I expected massive things out of him. And it's always the thing. It's like you expect one thing out of him for one year and it doesn't happen. It's probably going to happen the next year. So um, it's it's a tricky one. Like he's priced at a, at a good little bracket that puts him away from the top dog. So if you've run out of coin, like it's not the worst pick in the world, but... I still and have a preference dual. at the same price. And he's dual, which is handy. Um, he's probably the most qualified to play center, considering it's Dallium center. Yeah. And that was a fill-in role, you know what I mean? Like, you've got him. Yeah. Just, you know, he, he killed it there. But again, like, look at the team. Look who he was playing with. It's completely different. Um, I just, just want to see him get a bit more. Yeah. I just uh, want to uh, see him uh, get more I of a... Every year. He's not a playmaker, and I feel sorry for him because he's, got he's a almost been pushed into this... Yeah, he's been pushed into this position because the dog signed him on a bigger contract, which apparently just means you have to play in the halves. That's not him, though. Let him play his strongest position, which is clearly centre. Like, I don't mm. care. Anyone can send me an argument. Please send the page and let me know your thoughts on it. But I don't think I'll ever get change. My, my thoughts will change. He is a centre out and out, and he could be a superstar at centre. He, yeah, he could do, be more damaging for the Bulldogs at centre then 5-8 because the pressure has been taken off. And let's say if he links up with the player he's pitching with here, Josh Adekar, what a combination. And yeah, then on the huge. odd occasion, he could put the boot down and stuff, set up Adekar for a, a down the field, pick the ball up, score. Like That's got me interested. If he got moved to centre, I'd definitely be interested. Just imagine having that attacking outlet at centre with that sort of boot on him. You know what I mean? Like how many more... It's just like, okay, cool. You've got the halves there. And then you've got this guy in the centers that can do more than they can, you know, coming off his boot. It's just like, from an attacking perspective, it seems like a, just a no-brainer having him there and then just putting someone else in there. Because so they do have that many options they can play in the halves. She can even put Kurt Mann there if you had to. So it's like they have the players now where they might do it. But, again, I don't see them moving him out of that position. But... No. Shit, if he goes to the centers, he's very appealing. But I suppose it's like, why would you put a center in your 5 8 spot? Um, 
because his, his attacking game definitely depends on him running the ball. And you see him when he doesn't score well, he doesn't run. Uh, he just doesn't really do anything. He sort of just hovers around, bit of a bit of a turnstile and just gets done with missed tackles. So um, it's just a hard one. I, I don't know. I think there's better options at his price point. And I don't like their runs initially with the amount of good teams they play. And the amount of uncertainty in the team is just enough to turn you off everyone. Um, yeah. But yeah, it's a bit of bit of a nothing pick so let's skip past halfback because the only other option that we haven't spoken about is toby sexton he's currently zero percent ownership and that is rightly so um he's <laughs> not a, a super coach option i don't even know if he will start there's rumors that he won't start either so again we're going to yeah. sound like broken records second row forward is definitely an interesting point now preston jacob preston was i think he was bottom dollar last year or yeah, you come out close to it. cheap as nothing. He's now the most expensive in the pack at 615K. 60K average last year. Um, not an interest for me at this stage, but if you're what, like you've said, if you are one of those players that go for that top tier players um, early on, especially like the second rower. I, I wouldn't be disappointed. Like, I wouldn't say to you, nah, definitely get him out of your team. Like he, I'd go, yeah, like he'll, he'll get your points. Like mm. you, you know, he'll get around that oh, 60 definitely. point mark, if not more week in, week out. Yeah. And he'll definitely. be 80 minutes. So He's definitely the best player in that team as far as they go for second rowers. And you look at the rest of them. Um, he started last year at 200 K man. He got added in quite late because he didn't start the year. He wasn't in the game. So um, he was one of those ones where you get on him nice and early and you catch all the price rises. But I had him from that. And what a player, man. I expected to trade him away thinking he was going to be a cash cow. He ended up being one of the bloody best second rows I had. So, um, yeah, I reckon he just keeps going, man. I kept him. I did. I had him the whole year. So, uh, I don't think he changes from that. I reckon he probably average goes up. He's a, he's a great player. Um, it's a bit of coin to spend, obviously, but it's not that much really considering what he can do. So, um, his position's nailed. Um, a lot of people are going to go for the kick hour route because of the price, but I think for what you're going to get out of him, it's worth the extra coin if you can find it. But Let's again, like about... you do have kick out. Oh, yeah. I'm not sure. Um, yeah, I don't. I know it. a lot of people are going 468k kick out. I'm all over that. I'm am the total opposite. I ha- I have not even entertained the thoughts yet of kick out, and and I'll tell you my reason why, and you can come at it as well because for mine. Penrith, completely different team, and he was used perfectly at Penrith. Yep. I would still say he was never like like he was. He I think he had one. I think he had one good year where he was a super coach gun, and he was doing mm. it consistently. But you're relying on the Bulldogs to use him perfectly, which we haven't seen yet because last year he was injured for most of the year. We still don't know how they're going to use him. We, we, we're unsure because we haven't got the chance to see it. I don't think he's going to be an effort player. We have never seen him being an effort player. So when they talk about this mid-tier that we're talking about for second rowers, and you're going to get some right, you're going to get some wrong, I think he's one that you're going to get wrong, and there's it's 14% ownership. So for the hype that was early, early on when the first the app first came out, I feel like a lot of people are starting to second-guess it because they're starting to think, oh, because the next player we'll talk about is at 33%, and he's for mine – a much better and safer option and cheaper. Yeah, kickout's going to be a headache, man. 
he's always going to be a headache. He's very little effort from him most of the time. And he just does the decoy run every single time. You're thinking he never gets the ball. Like, he just runs straight through. Like, give him the ball. Obviously, he's got the size for it. Just let him tunnel over everyone. But he doesn't want it. That's the problem. Um, yeah, I, I, I never really like it, to be fair. I think he could be cheaper, and I still wouldn't like it. So, um, 14% is quite a lot, considering who else is at that 460 price point. You know, you got Firma, you got Wong. Yeah, true. You got there a lot of a lot. other players out there. It's a it's a very very heavy bracket, and a lot of discussion is going around this 400 to 500 k second row. As everyone's talking about it, and I I wouldn't have him in the list at all. If you had to choose six, he wouldn't even be on there. So, Karen is Karen's in a shitload of teams. Um, to him, excite me, uh, excite you. I can't really. I, I can't just... excite you about Josh Curran. I really can't. He needs a big minute. He needs a big role at lock, man. He needs a big, big role at lock to get those points. Um, you have he to might get, get it, it, though. That's the thing. He will. He has to. He, because look at their, their, their pack. He has, they have nothing. They yeah. can't afford him to not, to not be on the field working his ass off. Yeah. Uh, they've got a lot of um, – they've got a lot of plays to rotate through, man. If he can get it and he can get a good stint at lock – like 60 plus, then I like it. Um, but outside of that, if he's going to be, you know, 40, 50, if he's going to be, if it's not going to be his, it might be man's or Knights or Sun, whoever it's going to be, man, I don't know yet. I'm, he's not in my team. Um, obviously, no one's in my team. I deleted everyone, but he wasn't, <laughs> he wasn't in there before I deleted it all. So um, I'm on the fence, man. I'm really on the fence with him still because I do like her and I think he's got the, he's got the potential for it. But, yeah, heavy, heavy ownership kind of helps soften the blow if it doesn't hurt. Like, it doesn't seem to happen for him because, you know, you're going to be with the pack that's got him. So it's not a, not a bad thing. And I think the people that, you know, don't have current probably have Kikau because I'll definitely not have both of them. It's just a terrible way to play. But Or do they? Or do they? <laughs> or do oh, they? if they do, and, and, then... And look, looking at the percentage, there could be a, a third they've got as well. So, and maybe a fourth where we haven't even got to another one. So, yeah, their, their cash cow options are nicer, but um, yeah, yeah, we're just gonna, it's just a wait and see. Obviously, the hype is there around Karen. You'd expect him to start, but I'd still like to see what happens with him because if he does, you know, and it, it looks all right for him, 420 is a really good price. That's that's sort of where I'd want kick out to even consider him, but you know, still, still a ways off, but um. Yeah, I'm a fan. I've got him early. I've I have got him at the moment just because I am banking on the fact that he will. He's a type of one of those players that I think needs to be on the field for as long as possible for the dogs because I think they're missing that. They're missing one of those players that just is happy to get in the trenches. Mm. Uh, The only worry is he does cop a head knock, so that is obviously a worry and a concern we have to think about these days with Supercoach. And how strict they are with it, with in terms of they might not come back on the field. Like it could be within the first couple of minutes, and it is gone. So that is definitely something that you do have to think about when you're picking Josh Curran. Unfortunately, he it comes with the territory. Um, well, he wears headgear. He does, but I don't doesn't know how do much anything. it actually helps. But doesn't actually do uh, anything. We're not we're not <laughs> we're not doctors, but I nah. just yeah the stuff I've heard and been spoken to about with that sort of stuff, I am yeah. Cautious. Yeah. Um, the other one, like we go down, um, 
Raymond Fatal and Marino, I don't even know if he's going to be at the club still. He's he's digging his mm. feet in and wants his pay packet. So I'll be shocked if he even gets picked once. I mean, if there's a heap of injuries and he gets to be playing big minutes, 363K, um, maybe. Ryan Sutton, we just haven't seen the best of Ryan Sutton since he's been at the Dogs. He's sort of become a, a meh player. Liam Knight is 9%. Liam Knight is 332K. Playing prop where they are definitely short in props this year. That is one thing that, especially starting middles, players that come on and start the game at prop. Liam Knight, I can't believe I'm saying this, can be an option, a realistic option. Yeah, I said it weeks ago, man. I said, when you're looking at that 300-odd, 330K price point for your front rowers, because you put him at front row, I'd say. Yeah. He's got a lot more certainty about him than, like, a Lenyu does, I reckon. Yes. Or, you know, Palacio potentially for a bit more. Like, he's obviously not exciting. Like, you don't want to be throwing Liam Knight in your team thinking you're going to come home with it all. But I think he's definitely going to get a, a decent roll out of it at least, at the very least, more than the others at the same price. And he's a jewel, which kind of gives him that little edge. So, um yeah, nine uh, percent's fair, man. I, I reckon that's decent enough. I, I just don't think he's got much downside at the price. It's just might maybe maybe a bit of a placeholder, maybe someone to just plug plug a hole with that you think you know. Because I, I reckon he starts out of everyone out of out of who he's got to compete with. Um, I still reckon yeah. he might get a start. It could be him and Max King. You know, realistically, I'd say out of the, I'd, I'd say those two start, and like I'd take that from a three hundred k. Um, prop right there. That's not too bad. But the amount of talk I'm hearing from Sam Hughes. Oh, man. Training the house training, down. And let's, training the house down. The fittest at the club, apparently. He's the fittest. Yeah, oh, according to Jacob Carraz, mate. The fittest. Yeah. According to Carraz himself, he's the fittest. So forget what Gus has got Insane. to say. I want to hear what Carraz has to say. Hang on a second. Guess who they said that sort of stuff about last year? Who was it? Your man, Jacob Preston. And we well, all know how that played that. out. So Not bad. And, and we may as well go over to Samuel Hughes because apart from him and Max King is 547, who was just probably one of those just toilers last year. A lot of people had because it was consistent points. Mm. Um, he's the only other option because we've already spoken about Liam Knight and Ryan Sutton, who are both jewels. Um Samuel Hughes is... I think a must. Yeah. From the I've talk that we're getting, Guaranteed. 238K, he will get some decent minutes as well because, as we've just said and has said about a million times now on this podcast, they don't have many middles, proper middles. And the big thing for the Bulldogs is they need to start winning that middle to let their backs do what they can do. We just say that their back line is exciting. They need their forwards to go forward before they can do anything with their back line. And I think the Samuel Hughes at the talk that is happening, he's just don't even think about it. At the moment, 24% ownership. But when round one kicks off, the ball kicks off, if he's not at 85%, 90%, (laughs) I don't know what people are doing. There is literally no risk at all. Should be higher. Guaranteed should be higher. Um, 90, 100. They don't have any size in their forward pack without someone like that. It, they're just they're going to get walked on, and it's going to take so much pressure off their halves and their backline if they just had a solid middle. Um, you know, Max King does what he can do, but 
you know, he's, he's only one man. So um, I don't think it's far before we see him going. And for that price, yeah, guaranteed lock-in for sure. There's no way you overhype that player that much, you know, for the whole club to be doing that and not expect him to get a run, at least quite early on. So, yeah, I think we could see that number at least double by, by the time the round starts. I agree. Um, that's pretty much all for, for front rows. And let's talk about hookers quickly. They've just signed Jake Turpin to the club, 293K. Not an option for mine unless Reed Money goes down. And even still, I think they've got a, quite another few options in there um, that mm. aren't listed here. Reed stung too many people last year. He's just 2% ownership yeah. for a reason this year. I think people are still recovering from the hurt that a lot of us got. <laughs> so. Oh, yeah. Sorry, Reed, but still from a paraffin, I'm still hurt that you did leave the club, and this has hurt me even more. Stuffing my <laughs> super coach season up last year, so a double double edged sword. See you later. Yeah, no, I just don't think he's an option anymore. Unfortunately, you know, for as good as he was at the Eels and what he could do, I just, I just can't can't see him doing it for the for the dogs at all. You know, you think with the amount of tackles he needs to make, he might actually be decent, but um, it's just it's just nothing too exciting out of him is it it's just yeah. just does his thing and you know might get knocked a couple times and that's that's basically it for him so um very little upside nothing too out of control not not really worthy of a pick i'd say two percent's fair yeah no i agree um that's pretty much it for the for the bulldogs um uh, we've gone mm. through everything there and we started strong and then we, we quickly finished up there. Just shows you sort of the, the quality uh, there at the club. I'm really keen to talk about the next club, and that is the Gold uh, Gold Coast Titans. Mm. Uh, there is some definite options here, some talking points for sure. Starting at hooker, um, Chris Randall, top of the pops at 499. Not an option for mine. Sam Verrill's at 463k. If he gets a better run with injury, I think he'll get a lot more minutes. He's actually one of the talking points here. Is he a sneaky option? Yeah. Um, 1% owned, so obviously not many people are thinking about it. I think he actually is a sneaky option. Like, obviously Harry Graham we're spoken about, Reese Robson we've spoken about, JMK, Damian Cook. They're like tears above. But value for money? I don't know. There's something – I've always rated Sam Verrills as a hooker. I've always thought yeah. he was a really, really good player. I don't know. I, he's I a good player. Like there's something there. I just feel like he's way too injury prone. Like he'll get the most obscure injuries, man. And you're thinking, like, how does that even happen to anyone out there? But if it's going to happen to anyone, it's going to happen to Verrills, unfortunately. And his price is nice, and I expect him to be the starting hooker for that team. But I still, I think it's just too risky. I think he's just rough him in cotton wool and maybe send him out there because when he's on, like, you might get your fifty, but. For his price, it's decent, but I just don't think the the risk outweighs the reward when you think about how temperamental he'll be when it comes to it. So um, that's a club that had a fair few options last year too for, for the hookers and, you know, it didn't really see him get a, a consistent run in general, but whether that was injury-ridden or not, but, yeah, it could be okay. It really could be, but there's just, no, nah, I don't, I just, I probably wouldn't, man. Even at five sixty, like he's not bad. Like it's a it's a fair price. Like he's gonna probably outdo what he can do. He only did it in eleven games last year, um, but it was eleven because he just kept getting something happening to him. Something kept going wrong. 
Um, and I, I just yeah. don't see that really changing. I think he's just one of those players that's going to be a bit injury prone in general. So, um, yeah, again, like Randall had a good stint when he was playing lock for half that. And, you know, there wasn't exactly hooker points he was making. They were sort of rotated middle points. So that's that's his, you know, 50 average there. Um, same with Clark, but I don't think Clark's a hooker anymore. So their position stock's kind of running a bit thin. And Veros would have to be their primary hooker, I would say, when everyone's fit. Um, but 460, who else have you got around 460? Brandon Smith. Yeah. There's another um, weird one to, to, to tackle, but there's a couple yeah, around yeah, there. Not, I, I, not I would still... Yeah, it's a whole different can of worms that, but I'd still be looking more towards like he's too expensive for the cheapy bracket and he's not good enough to run as a, a premium, like a starter, like your sole hooker that you pretty much be yeah. playing every week. So it puts him in a really unusual bracket where it's like, which way do you sort of go with him? I don't see the upside there for him to being a cashy, but there's just way too many better options at hooker yeah. to be going for him at that price. So, um, I don't even see where the 1% ownership comes in. Maybe it's his family. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. Uh, yeah. I, I was sort of a little bit, I don't know why but I was half, I think it's more so just because I actually rate him as an actual player. At rugby, yeah. Rugby league, like, oh, he's a, yeah, coach. he's got it, man. Like, you know, he was at the Chooks too and he did all right, but it's like, I don't know. I just think for the options, there's just, he doesn't really, he's definitely under the radar, but, um, whether or not you know the radar's been turned on or, or I don't know, I just wouldn't go there. Just with how many other plays you've got, if there was more more options than just two, you know, a starter and a bench hooker, maybe. But yeah, not for not for my liking. I can't believe we spent this long talking about Sam Verrill. So let's move on to yeah. When I mentioned the Titans, it wasn't in my. Uh, thought yeah. pattern. Tino Faasumala Aoi in the front row forward for 791k. Pretty much as premium as you get for the for the yeah. front row position. 16% ownership so far. So quite a few people are jumping on board. The price tag's not scaring yeah. him off. He 77.5 average uh in 2023. Not that the projections mean much, but they're already projecting him for round one to get a 70. So he'd already be priced under his um, average already. Um, so going off that, he'd lose cash. Um, Who are but, they playing? What are their... Um, oh, sorry. The, the first five we'll cover for, this for the Gold Coast. Uh, the Dragons first, then the buy, which is a talking point in itself. The Bulldogs round three, the Dolphins round four, and the Cowboys round five. So I can understand why people are getting on because it is a juicy run. Yeah, it is. I'm interested in the Titans this year. Like a question says in the talking points, what style does the Titans and Des Hasler play together though? Can they actually link up? Because from the outside looking in, it is such a weird mix. <laughs> I have to say, like I'm excited for the Titans. They need Des Hasler. I don't know if, I don't know. It's so weird. I can't see half of these players playing a Des Hasler style of footy game and I can't see Des Hasler adapting his style to adapt to the style of footy that the Titans also need to play as well in a way. Mm. So it's such a weird mix, but I'm looking forward to seeing it. I feel like it's going to be a fun show, fun roller coaster to be on. But Tina, 791. Yeah, what are your very thoughts? expensive. It's very expensive. 
And, like, he's got that round one projection of 70. One, he scored 38 points in round one against the Tigers last year. So you would expect that this year. You'd be like, oh, he scored 100, no dramas. He actually didn't really get up and start going until pretty much, like, midway of the year. It, it took a while for him to get going. And, obviously, he dropped a lot in price, which was really appealing for him. I think he got down to the high 600s at one point. But um, towards the end of the year, it was, it was a must-have. You know, it was Tino, big Tino for everyone. So... Um, I think you're going off the end of season form. There is a lot to change. Like he doesn't seem to start off as good as he ends. Um, Desi doesn't seem to really utilize his locks as much. Um, he might get a lot of minutes, but it might be just very boring. Who knows, man? Um, I'm not going to start with him. I think it's just too expensive. It's just, yeah, 16% ownership. Those people probably don't have pass in their team. That's, that's the play that it is. It's them. Because you're not playing him at second row. Um, and you just want to get that big, big dollar premium. And like, yeah, fair enough, you get Tino in because he's max price. You can always go down to literally anyone and then pocket some, which is which is nice to have. The early buy is a lot for that kind of price tag. Um, yeah. But I, like, I'll be definitely getting on to Tino, providing he's, you know, doing it later on. But yeah, it's, it's, a, it's an up and down thing at the beginning. Um, Round two last year, he scored 111 and then went right back to scoring into like the low 50s again and then just kept doing this until he eventually got that consistent run going and he was just pumping out hundreds every week. So, you know, he's got it, whether or not he has it with a Desi team. That'll be interesting to see. Um, it will be. But like I like Tino, man. I think he's, he's going to be a great pick at some point in the year. I just don't think it's worth starting. No, I, I agree with that one. I'm just quickly scrolling through. Mofo to wake up. Jamin Jolliffe, Isaac Liu. Not really the options. I, I don't no. think. Um, really. it, it does. One thing it does show me is the Titans have some pretty good depth issues in the forwards, and they've always had a pretty strong forward pack. So that, that's happening again this year. Uh, yeah. Keenan Palestia is definitely one I am interested in. In 11% ownership, so quite a few people are as well. Mm-hmm. Dual second row and front row, so that is always handy. 365k. Obviously, coming over from the Broncos, he had a, a great year last year. I thought he was very underrated with what he sort of did off the bench. Probably a similar style of um, role for him this year. I did get originally excited thinking he could turn into a back rower and, and start with some big minutes. But then I remembered both Furmore's there and, and coming back from that injury as well. So probably not. Obviously you got Fafita and Furmore, who we'll talk about both shortly. So probably the similar role that he got at the Broncos, you could probably make a case he might get extended by about five minutes or so, maybe in the stints. Mm-hmm. Um, definitely. I feel like an option though. Yeah, I think he's an option. Um, whether it's a you know a big cash up option or not, probably not really. I don't see the upside too too high on him, but I think you're going to get some decent numbers you know here and there out of him. I don't think it's a bad play at all. You know, eleven people, eleven percent owned. It's it's pretty high considering. Um, he's at three sixty five. He's not at two hundred, um, and he's not up in the four hundreds either. It's like there is a couple in the in the front rows in general that are up in that like nice little four hundred bracket. Um, obviously, Fodawake is just priced way high up, but you know you got Jolliffe at four eighty. I don't think Palacy is going to do any less than what Jolliffe will do. Um, 
providing you know what what sort of roles and minutes they get. I think he's got got that sort of tank in him to do what he can do. Just give him the extra few minutes, and he'll probably get there. Um, so yeah, no, it's it's decent, man. It's like the same thing with Liam Knight. Like you're getting him for the the mid three hundreds, dual flexibility, um, and you kind of know what you're going to get. I would say so. Um, his PPM was yeah pretty much all year last year point nine. So he just needs more minutes. Um, which he, he might get, but again, man, the Titans do have a fair few forwards to get through. They do. And I've yeah. just flicked over to the second row position. It it doesn't slow down either. There no. is there is some depth there this year. And I am de- I'm definitely in a rugby league side of things excited about the Titans this year. I think they're gonna be right there around that sort of eighth position if this does has their and Titans um partnership can work and they can find a happy medium, but Obviously, I'll, I'll, I'll skip over to the second row forwards because the bottom dollar front row forwards won't get any game time, unfortunately, at the moment with the, mm. the depth that's on show there for the yeah. Titans. Yeah, Dave Fafita, 832K. Um, I I don't, I never want to say no to David Fafita, but the fact that he's got an injury at the moment, there is still question marks over even if he'll start round one. Like My thought pattern is, why would they rush him back? Because after round one, it's obviously the buy, so that's an extra week yep. as well. And then he could come back fully fit in round three, and then that could be the option in the play. I wouldn't say, but I wouldn't start David Feeder because I think personally, the way I see it now with my coach's hat on, yeah, every two points are vital every game, no, no, no doubt about that. But against the Dragons as well. Yes, they'll be desperate. They want to start well. They've got so many injuries already. The, the Dragons, they've been so unlucky. But I wouldn't be pushing for Fafita. So, and for that reason, I would not be starting with Fafita either. Yeah, I, I, like you'd probably allow a week or two. Um, again, like if he's that close to a pec surgery. So like if he's that close to starting round week one, just give him the week off and give him an extra two. Like you're right there. It's a game you're likely to win anyway. Um, and then he comes back against the Bulldogs, and that's another game they're likely to win. So, um, you know, you can you can kind of see where you would allow him to get delayed a bit. And for for, for eight hundred and thirty, you know, if there was no injury cloud over him, I'd start with him. Yeah, he'd be in my team. He'd be the first player in my team. Um, he's a monster, absolute monster. So, uh, that's that's the only reason. I haven't factored, you know, 800K into my second row just to straight off the jump. So um, I will be on day for feeder after a little little while. I have to try and work out where the money's coming from, man, because it's it's big, big coin. 830 is a lot. I'd, I'd be relying on him to drop down, but, you know, you don't, you can't expect him to. He could, he could average 80 comfortably in a game. Yeah, so... It's hard, man. I, I don't see him dropping in price. That's the only thing. And you think, how the hell do I get onto him at eight thirty if I don't think he's dropping? It's, it's a few cashies you got to sacrifice to get there. So, um, yeah, I just and don't that's think the it's, as well. it's a big risk Not, to start with him. Yeah. Big, that's a big you, problem. You get if, someone, with everyone starting yeah. this this mid tier stuff and yeah. picking all these mid, like everyone's going to want to be on Dave Feeder eventually at some point. Whether you start, whether you get in him early or or later, yeah, you need to make the cash for that to happen. And yeah, if your whole team is four hundred and sixty k mid tier second rowers, you know, Fermor's a great pick at four sixty seven. The jump from Fermor to Fafita is monstrous. It's going to take you like weeks to get that sort of coin together. So, um, 
it's it's a massive jump to not have someone. That's why I want to have at least one of those you know, expensive enough second rowers that I can afford to go up if I need to. Um, if you don't have one, you are losing Cleary or someone. You know what I mean? To make that quick, quick swap, and it's not worth it. It's it's going to be it's going to be tricky. Um, but yeah, if he doesn't start round one, like game week one, um, you got to buy in round two. The amount of coin having 830k held up in a player that hasn't played for two weeks is going to destroy that team. Yeah, you're gonna it's going to show quite quickly, you know, where the where the cash is lost, and I don't think you can make up for it with anyone. I don't think there's a player that you can put to fill his position for his coin that's going to do that same sort of job. Not not for feeder anyway. You know, you might be able to get away with a shift from Fermo, but not for what Fafita can do. So, um. Eight percent owned. Eight percent probably don't see the risk, I guess. But yeah, I, I, I'm going to be on him at some point. Same thing with Tino. But again, I just think at the moment they're coming off such high prices from the end of last year, and there's too much unknown where they're going to. One, will what Tino is going to do in general at the start of the season, and two, whether David Fafita is actually going to come back in round one, and if he does. Is he going to do anything significant? You know, probably not really. They might not want to rush into it too hard. Um, and then straight away they got to buy. So it's like you just, I'll just be easy to avoid um, considering how dear he is. So give it a no, few weeks. I, I agree. Give it a few weeks. There's only one other player I really want to talk about in the second row position. It's the guy you've mentioned a few times there, Bo Fermor. Um, yep. 21% ownership. So there's a lot of people out there keen on him. I believe you're one of them, and I believe mm-hmm. I'm one of the ones on the other side of it. So this would be good. This would be interesting. Tell me why you're for. Um, I just see the value in him. I, I think he's got a lot to go up. Um, he's the kind of player that can score a hundred points. You know what I mean? He's not. He's he's done it. He's done it a few times. He's he's going to get you those forties and fifties, which is fair enough. You know what I mean? He's not eight hundred k to start with. He's in the four hundreds, but he's his ceiling is very, very high. Um, obviously, it's because he's come off an injury, so there's that cloud a little bit where you can go, oh, you know, you might want to give him a break and just give him a run to see, but I don't even want to do that. I think if I don't start with him, I'm not going to have him. So um, I am happy to make that play, start with him, ride the wave. If it seems like he's going to be doing what he wants to do, you know, depending on obviously what side he's on, you can always, you know, think about the team layout around him. But I think he's just, he's a solid player. You look at his season in 20, um, was it 22? Very good. Like, it was very, very good. He started round one with 105, and then pretty much, I'll just run through a couple. He got a 57 in round three. He didn't play round four. He got a 96, an 89, a 93, 107. There was just a few. Like, there was a few solid. He's got a, he's got a very, very high ceiling for a lot of teams. He's almost done it to every team he's played against. Um, you know, and whether it's over maybe two or three games that he's played in general. One of them is at least huge. So yeah. it seems like he can do it anywhere. Um, he's only priced to that price because he wouldn't play last year. So realistically, he'd probably be up in the 650 pluses, give or take, you know, if he had a you know solid run. Um, I think out of all the 400K mid-range second rowers, he's my favorite. Really. Wow. He Honestly, he wow. is. Like providing, providing his fitness... Um, obviously, he's coming off an ACL. If he's at the same level as all of the other ones on an open playing field, I think he's got the biggest ceiling out of everyone there um, in the in the four hundred odd mid fifty that kind of thing. But 
Um, he's always been the first that I've put in. As soon as I go for my, you know, my Cam Murray's or someone in that 650s, my next spot I've scrolled right down to, I've passed everyone, right to the 400s again. And it's just low firmware straight away. And then usually probably Sean Lane. So um, that will most likely, when I rebuild my team, be my starting second row trio that I run with for the, for the first lot. So just have to see. But I really like his upside. I really like his price for his potential. Um, I just want to see, obviously, how his fitness goes. But that's not going to deter me from starting with him. Or, you know, even just sucking that second round by. He plays the Dragons. I, I at least want to get in on that. Um, yeah. And I'll just make sure I've got someone to cover him. That's kind of where I'm sort of sitting on that fence with uh, both Fermor. I am on. Now, to explain you're to me why bad. you're not on. Probably the opposite points of everything. I just, coming back from the ACL, I'm too nervous about that. And I I have no doubt I'll have him in my team at some point. I don't think it'll be early, though. I, I want to see him get through at least five weeks of football. And I know that means I'm going to miss out on a price rise if that's to happen. To be honest, if, if it looks like he's going to be getting a decent price rise, I'll, I'll jump on um, before before that happens because I'll have enough mid-tiers to make that happen. Oh, he is a gun. I am so excited to see him back in this team. And Titans really missed him last year. I think a lot of people underestimate just how impactful not having him on that other edge was. Um, and it really mucked around with the Titans and the way they their forwards rotate, etc. So... 467 for a guy coming off in ACL, I just think he's still a bit too much. It's just a bit too much to – I'm a gambling man, but I'm not going to gamble that much. I, I want to go – It happened in the really preseason. It happened in the preseason. It did. Any... That was a long it, it time did. ago. He's had a whole season and then a whole new preseason. And the word was so... he could have – he actually could have played the last two or so weeks last year but they decided not to there was no point rushing him back from it and and risking anything which is really smart from the Titans. that that's fantastic yeah definitely i don't know I think you're probably uh, the best way to just... run it so mm. and the other thing well, is i don't want to look... have too many titans players because of that early buy as well and that's my thought with it is we're going to talk about another player a little bit further down the track in a different position who i want in my team Early mm-hmm. on, as you said, the Dragons, and I think they'll score some points, and I think he'll be all, all a big part of the, the point scoring. And I think if I have to give up one of them, I'm giving up Furmore. I don't want to give up the other guy yet. I'm, I haven't wrapped my head around it. So, I think because they're very similar prices, Furmore yes. and this mystery man of yours, they're very similar, <laughs> obviously different positions. Um, at a baseline, Furmore does more than him. Yes, definitely. Yep. I'm going for the ceiling though. I've talked to you about this the other week. We mentioned it. I'm going yep. for the big plays. Yeah, but he I has want the ceiling the too. Who... Yeah, but I think the other one, he has a ceiling. He, if he can take off like I anticipate he will this year. Yeah. About no, no, I'm right there with you. Well We're talking about Jen Campbell. Yeah. yeah. We'll rip the band-aid off. He, I think he can go big. He can go large. And especially against yeah. some of these early teams, I think he's going to make some cash some good good cash yeah i, and I, I reckon think so but anyway um we could just debate this till the cows come home we've got to move on with, with our positions and we've still got one more team to go we've got the halves 
I'm just going to throw in here. Actually, no, I won't because there's, there's a talk of Tanner Boyd mm. is the halfback option with Tommy Weaver. Now, Tanner Boyd, I've never been a, a Boyd believer. I don't think he's the best halfback at the club, if I'm being honest. I'm a massive Tom Weaver fan. If Tom Weaver gets the starting spot, I want him in my team. I'll, I'll get him at 245k. I think they'll do the save option with Tanner Boyd starting the season there. No interest at all from myself uh, when it comes to Boyd. I know his goal kicks, blah, 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 but I just don't think he's going to get anywhere near what we can see from the Clearies and stuff. And even uh, yeah. last week, the Cherry Evans and the Moses, et cetera. So happy to move on from that one. 5'8, uh, obviously, foreign. Um, Sort of wound back the clock a bit last year. Priced at 471k. Yeah. Not an option, but the guy who has dual position, 5'8", fullback, we started to talk about him just then. Let's just keep going with it. Jaden Campbell. Yeah, I'm expecting a massive year this year from Jaden Campbell. He has been told the fullback spots his. AJ Brimson will be center, which for super coaches is fantastic because even though I think AJ Brimson can score quite well at fullback, I think Jaden Campbell can just go boom. And especially yeah. early on, like he could be a hit. Look, I'm happy to say he's probably a flat track bully, if I'm being honest. But the good thing is he's got a lot of these flat track bullies to pick on early on. So I yeah. want to ride that first up. And then if Turbo's looking good, if Pappenhausen, sorry, if Pappenhausen's looking good, I can then just go up to the Pappenhausen after a few weeks. Because mm-hmm. I reckon by that time, they should balance out quite well. Because you look at the Storm hard draw, Titans easier, much easier draw. I'm that's my play at the moment. That's where my trade's looking at early on. I'm looking at that trade, so that's why I'm on Jaden Campbell. Yeah, no, that's that's an excellent little combo play too. Um, I think by the time the prices have settled, it might be in line with pretty much where exactly you'd want to trade him in. So, um, that being, do you think his value is at fullback or at five eight? In terms of who I pick, like where I pick him in Supercoach. Where are you actually physically put him? Yeah. At the moment. It's it's a tricky one. It is because there is a couple of cheapy, cheapy options at 5.8 um, that a lot of people will go with. And you obviously want Dylan Brown there. Well, I want Dylan Brown there. So that's 5.8 for mine, sort of out of the question. But then the more and more I think about it, I really want to get a second gun fullback but the way i'm thinking about it i think Jaden campbell can i don't say i'm not going to say he's going to be up there with like your kps and stuff but i think early on he can at least get me through and hold his hold me there and and i can, mm. can count on kp doing what he does because he'll be my, my starting fullback campbell as i said can just do a job so i'll have him as my second fullback and then as i said i'll, I'll hopefully move him to Pappenhausen, who's fully fit after Five, six weeks, and they're going, all right, let's go. Let's get on to the Pappenhausen bus. Yeah. No, it's, I it's think you've got him enough. at 5'8", though. Yeah, I had him at 5'8", just because of how thin the position stocks were. Um, yeah. I think when it comes down to putting in a chip on someone, like, you know, I'd rather – I think you're probably going to find better fullbacks yeah. in that price point than you're going to find 5'8s in the same price. Um, I can't afford like, it. Like, it's a nice, easy swip, swap to go from, you know – 
Campbell to Pap if that's the plan and he's already in that spot. But realistically, man, with the amount of Raiders cashies that most people are going to have in those two positions anyway, um, Weeks is a jewel. Strange is a jewel, you know. Um, who else are you going to run with? Chevy Stewart, potentially. It looks like he might be getting a look. Xavier Savage, they've all got dual positions, so it's not hard to go, you know, you down to fullback, you up to 5'8", and shuffle it around anyway. So it's it's not going to lock you into to having that spot there. I, I got cornered in at the end of last year. I wasn't able to shift my 5'8s around at all. It kind of sucked. Yeah. Um, so there's not a lot of depth in that position. So he's got a lot of value at 5'8". Um, if you're going to run with someone like a Dylan Brown, but then like the collective value of your five-eight position is very high. Um, it doesn't mean anything really because they're only going to be from one, you know, brick down to another. So, um, no, but yeah, him him getting that news of the fullback spot kind of just, you know, ticked the last yes. box that I really wanted for him because, you know, he came in at a very good price to begin with, and it was always that oh man, like if he can get that starting role, shit, he's in the team straight away. It looks like he's got it. Um, and, yeah, like I'll, I'll be working a way into him, into the team, whether that's at the 5'8 or at the fullback. But, um, yeah, man, you've, you've pretty much just put out like a, a little master play there going from one to the other. It just depends. Like if, if Campbell's doing better than Pat, just keep going. You know what I mean? Like don't don't make yeah. the swap if Ride you can avoid it. Yeah, don't, don't swap if you don't have to. Um, but he's got a good run for a fair long time, so... There is a there's the game here and there that gets a bit tricky for him, but I don't think you know with the depth and the potential the team's got at the moment, you know, I reckon they're going to be a bit of a smoky to to push high up there on that ladder. They've got the players for it. I agree. Yeah, I agree. Um, center wing, I don't want to go through too much of the center wings here because not too much really grabs me. The only one really Harley Smith Shields, which is. Pretty much bottom dollar cheapy has 6% ownership at the moment. So he's of interest for a few people out there. At the moment, full strength, I can't see him actually getting in the spot. I know he's been a, a late season switch from um, the Raiders here. So that would give people a little idea of maybe they, they needed him for some reason. But I just, obviously, I think Jojo Fafida and um, Khan Piera would be your starting wingers. And then... Yep. Or even Philip Sami, maybe, um, who, depending on if he's either center or winger. Um, and then mm. Brian Kelly and Aaron Shoup or Sami are in um, the centers as well. So I just can't see him starting yet, but he's yeah. definitely one to keep an eye on. I think at some point he will play just because of injuries and suspensions and the like. It'll just be, can he get a big enough run to get some cash made from him? Because if he does get some game mm. time, he'll... He, I don't know, but I, I I won't be going putting him in my team to start with. I know a lot of people have talked about it, but yeah, not me. Yeah, I think it's just because he's cheap, really. But he's got a lot of you know, there's a lot to climb over to get into a starting position at the moment. Yeah. Um, Brian Kelly's that one that goes, you know, no one picks him for whatever reason, man. But he's always so consistent. Uh, yes, it's just he's just not that guy for whatever reason, you know, like zero percent. Looking, yeah, zero percent owned. He's like a gag eye from last year. Like he's gonna do basically what he's priced at like he's gonna have those really big games and he's got a quite a high floor but for whatever reason no one really gives him a look in so sorry brian it's kind of just the way it is we love you brian yeah sorry mate you keep doing your keep doing what you do maybe one day someone will own you is, i guess because we've already really talked about the fullbacks um i'll quickly say keanu keeney is a freak um i don't know how yeah. he gets into this team but 
he's definitely like sort of the the far logo effect um he is really, really exciting. I'd love to, I know it means Jaden Campbell might not be in the team, but I'd just love at some point to see him play. He's really, really good. Is AJ Brimson, if you can get the center jewel, is he of any options? He's 587 at the moment. I don't 587. Yeah. I and don't again, know, he's man. another center. Like that's, the, that's another thing. He's, a, he's another center. So that's one more to put into that stockpile that they've got Harley Smith Shields has to climb over. So well, exactly. Yeah, so Crazy um, I would say you're probably thinking that like Jojo misses out, Sammy goes to the wing, yeah. and you got Brimson on the inside of him. So um, 587, you know, it puts him – where does it put him? It pops him right in the middle of um, where you get like a hammer so. You know, the hammer's at just under 600. you got Alex Johnson, um, and he's above like your Penasinis and those sort of guys too. So – yeah, it kind of fits. I just don't think I'd really be, you know, wanting to put that much coin into a center who hasn't played in the centers, who has an early buy, and you've got better options. Like, you know, from what we spoke about a couple of weeks ago, well, Carras is six hundred. Like, I'd, I'd probably personally, I'd rather go there, out of preference. Um, for the jewels, you'd probably go the hammer or AJ for the potential of the ceiling on him. So, yeah, I, I like I like um, Brimson, but I I just don't know yet what will come from him in that center spot. He's because he doesn't appear to be a very big guy um, physically. Yeah. yeah. Um, no, it might... I don't know what's going to happen there because then I've heard people say, oh, you know, he's only a little bit shorter than this guy and he's really good. And I'm like, oh, you know, he's a great player. Like he's really good and I can't, you know, you're not going to say anyone that's going to find otherwise that's going to say, you know, Brimson's not cutting it. But um I suppose it's just a wait and see. It's not someone I'm particularly too fussed on getting. Uh, I don't really. If he starts doing really well, like um, I'll be happy for the guy, but I'm still probably not going to make that decision to trade in for him. Um, whether or not, you know, that's the right decision or not. I just have to wait and see. But yeah, uh, he'll probably get the jewel um, added before the game starts anyway. So you might see him pop up just because he's a new center in that spot. And if whatever happens and he gets shifted to fullback or five eight or anything, it might be really valuable to have him in the center position. But as far as actually being a center goes, I'm not super interested. No, I'm happy with that there, and happy to end that with with the Titans actually. So, um, really, some really cool options, some interesting options. I, yeah, I'd say there about the Gold Coast Titans and. Um, surprisingly as well, because I don't think a lot of people probably thought about that uh, coming into the to the game kicking off today. Um, final team, the New Zealand Warriors, or the final team we're doing for, for this episode. Um, so much to talk about again. It's crazy. Oh, uh, we did warn you guys that this would be a, a big one, and, and it's living up to the hype. And straight away, fullback, um, Charles Nickel Clockstard. Unfortunately, like, he was... He was good, but there was just awkward times for his head knocks and, and not mm. making a, a game, which so annoying because I had him for a lot of last year and it just became – I loved when he was there, but when he wasn't there, and it was sort of felt like there was some crucial times as well when there was like another player in my back line that wasn't in and stuff and I really yeah. needed him and it just sort of let me down. So that's the only reason I'm staying clear of him because if someone said to me that that was in just their second fullback choice – it's another one of those players where I don't think I could really say too much about, nah, that's it, get him out of your team. It's one of those, 
I mm. can see where you're coming at yeah. with it. Like I can oh, see definitely. It. <laughs> so, well, well like talk about the run that the Warriors have to begin with, and oh, yeah. you can kind of see the yeah. argument to why you want him. You remind like, me again. I always, I keep, I've forgotten every right, one this episode. So, Sharks <laughs> round one, Storm round two. The Raiders in round three, the Knights in round four, and the South Sydney Rabbitohs in round five. That's not ideal. Not ideal, but it's also probably better than the other top four teams, I'd say. So yeah. it's not ideal, but it's... How many of those games are at home? I suppose that's the thing that you look at with the Warriors is home game stuff is massive. Um the Sharks, the Raiders, and the Knights are all home games. So three out of the first five. Uh, you know, that kind of dismantles any of that sort of away form or whatever you're going to get out of them. Like a home game for the Warriors is huge. Um, 682, yeah, it puts him off the top tier. It puts him in a, an attainable bracket where you can go for one of the big guys. And he does actually fit the bill for a really nice second fullback. Um mm. You know, it's you know what you're going to get. You know he's going to be the guy. You're not far off Pap for that little bit of a risk play, but um, it's just it's just a risky play in general because he is very prone to concussion. Yes. Um, I, I honestly I can't remember if I had him last year. I think I may have, and I got off really early. But um, yeah, it's it's just it's sort of a given, unfortunately. Like you really hope it doesn't happen, but I feel like with with Shans, it's like when will it happen? You know, because yeah. he just seems to look really battered after a game too. Like he he must put it all on the line when he goes out there because he leaves the field looking wrecked. Um, I hope it doesn't happen again. But I, I like I really don't mind the play, but I just think you know it's a lot of coin six eighty. You know, get get two guns risky. or go for one mid tier. It is risky. Yeah, it is risky. If he was a bit cheaper, I'd be like, if he was six hundred, guaranteed. I'd like as you put him and you compare him to to the hammer for six hundred, and you think, oh, I would probably prefer Shines over the hammer. But he's mm. not there. He's he's dearer. He's dearer by a lot. And like six eighty, when you look at what six eighty will get you in the centers, it's massive. Oh. It's huge, man. Six eighty at the center spots out of control. It's it's a big big points there. So and if it's not six eighty, it's seven hundred, and then seven hundred's where all the elites are. So I wouldn't consider Shans in the elite bracket in general. But for his price, you know, it does put you in elite territory for a lot of other positions. Um, yeah. which is kind of what would make me want to spend that on another position and not him. Yeah, definitely. Um. Yeah. Yeah, as I said, I can't. If someone messages me their their team or something and asks us for our opinion, I could never definitely tell them to to delete, um, delete him mm. off their team. But yeah, it definitely does come with some warning signs. I think it's or caution signs. It's fair to say. Um, tomorrow, Martin, I'll just leave and probably talk about him in the five eights because that's where I think he will become um, possibly an option. He has the fullback duel, but I don't think anyone's picking him as a fullback, so there's no point really bringing that up there. Center wings is where, again, it's very interesting. Straight up, Dallin with Tenny Zelezniak. Um, met him a few times and I have chatted to him quite a bit last year and loved the form he was showing. A big question is, can he continue it? And that's probably a question we can say to a lot of these Warriors players because last year, I think a lot of people still are treading cautiously about the Warriors going to war. Can they do it again? 
I'm mm. personally am, am a massive fan of the Warriors this year. I actually have them just think I think they can almost go all the way. Like I am really on the Warriors this year. <laughs> again, but I can understand why people are a little bit or I don't know. So um seven hundred and nineteen though is just too much for me to go yeah. oh, I'm going because he drew relies on so much on tries. Yeah, man. It's it's massive price tag. It's bloody ridiculous. Um he he started last year at four hundred and thirty. So, you know, 430 this year doesn't get you a great deal. So, you know, like, he would have been a nice pick. I don't think anyone would have expected what he'd done last year. No one expected that from the Warriors in general. So just with that alone, I would say I'd be very surprised if they can keep it going. Um, you know, seeing Sean Johnson in a moon boot doesn't do you any favours when it comes to, no. you know, any of that early season form. So it's not nice to see. But Sheck's a big addition. You know, whether or not his actual form, it's his... It's his just presence, I would say. Like having two of us a shake back at the club is going to just lift everyone, I would think, just naturally. So um, it's just too expensive. It's not even, I, I can't see him even being a viable option at all. Like he's probably going to have those games again, but there's, there's 720, man. That's that's big coin. Val Holmes is the, that price, you know what I mean? Like Toto. I know who I'd choose. Yeah. Guaranteed, you know, you choose the guys that yeah. can that, that have done it. Like it's not like um, you know, Dallin's just popped his head out of the corner and been like, "Look at this guy, he's been around for a long time, man, and he hasn't done what he'd done for a very, very long time, or if at all." I don't ever remember seeing Dallin in that kind of form. So, um, maybe it's the permit mullet. Yeah, maybe you know he's got that strength, but. It glistens. I, I, I love it. It just it does. It, and it bounces too when he runs. It's like it's so graceful to watch. And he galloping down the line. Year, and you see this. Oh. He actually put a uh, story up yesterday. I think the day before he was with his kids and in the backyard. They had like a sprinkler system thing going. Yeah. And I just said, mate. And it was just like all wet. It was just, I'll go, oh, honestly, you got to just. Yeah, it's, it's glorious. You stop it it. Is, like, he could do an OnlyFans just for his hair. And I would just mullet snap. Would you? Oh. Goodness, I would. Yeah. Like, that is gorgeous hair. That is, there would be a lot of chicks out there <laughs> jealous of what he, he has. So, RTS, it's though, is, best is he an option? Oh, easy, hands down, 100%. Yeah, I don't think that's even close. Um, is RTS an option? If RTS goes to fullback, he's an option. In I want to see what we have a winner. Yeah, I want to see what he can do at center. Um, but look, man. Yet. You're not? Yeah, I don't know. I don't think so. I don't know yet, man. I've... ownership. Yeah, it's because he's two of us a check, man. You see the guy, you see him back, and you think, oh, God, I told you, it's going to be a nostalgia pick. It has to be. You reckon the Warriors are the, the sexiest team in 2024? Bit off topic, sexiest? But... Um, I think they've, they've got, got a fair case talent. to point. Well, that's the thing. Like They've all got Ooh. flawless skin. They've all got nice tans about them. Yeah. So, like, as far as it goes, like, you look at someone like, I don't know, you look at, who can you make the comparison with? The Bulldogs. So, okay. just a mixed bag with the Bulldogs. Look at yeah, them all. Yeah. It's a bunch of misfits. you got big guys. you got little scrawny fellas running around. you got just, it's all over the shop. And you look at the Warriors. <laughs> yeah. With mullets, too. But just a bit straighter than, like, it's all different. But yeah, you look at the Warriors, man, a bunch of, bunch of warriors in general bunch of just men, just, men. yeah 
listening. They'll stop, they'll stop a car live traffic. traffic. Listens. Yeah, and there's where are we going? They put anyway. a beach. They put beach snaps on the other day, and honestly, <laughs> it could, it's enough them. to make it. Yeah, a you made a post about turn, it. I'm telling you. Oh, I don't know, mate. You're you're on the way. I tell you what. I just. <laughs> I appreciate it. Like, yeah, yeah, I think we've got to. Uh, maybe it's this time of night and we've been going for that long. I'm just. We hit two hours. We hit two it. hours recording and it starts to turn there a little bit. So, yeah. We're back. We're back. We're back. All right. Back um, into it now. Um, little segue. I I think two of us are Shakespeare's got potential. Obviously, it's two of us Shakespeare. He has the potential to go. You know what he can do? Shit, he's done it forever. Um, I just think he might be a potentially good pick. Um. Whether or not he even needs to be a fullback, I feel like he's going to do some sort of like floating fullback thing. Like I just think naturally he's going to kind of be around there. I think he he toyed on the wing a little bit before he left, um, and it wow. kind of gave. Hey, I don't. He won't be on the wing. No way. No, no. But I think before he before he left in general, I think he was oh, yeah. just getting moved around, and it was sort of giving. He was winger the, of the year. Yeah. He got winger of the year one year. So, so. like, it's not like he just, he's not going to come into the center position and not know what he's doing. Like, I think he's going to be very, very capable of doing, you know, what, what he's probably priced at. Um, so I don't see the 15% being a bad ownership number for him because, you know, it's just fun to have him in your team again. Um, but again, it is a bit pricey for something that is completely unknown, but he's never had a bad year of averaging really. Um, I'd have to, yeah, I'd have to go and deep dive again to see his old stats because they're not showing at the moment because he wasn't there. So, um, look, it's not a bad start, really. I'd probably avoid it myself for just a, a little while. I can't. I wouldn't be surprised if I make an early swap onto him if he just explodes and I'm like, fuck, I can't believe I missed out on starting this check. That was so dumb. As if it's yeah. as if you wouldn't start with him. And I'll be looking at it as a hindsight merchant being like, oh, far out, man. That's one of those, you know, have a look in the beginning of your season last year and what was the dumbest thing you did really when he's, yeah, if he's if he just starts <laughs> banging out 70s like Dallin was um, as an average anyway because he got, you know, hundreds multiple times. Yeah. Shit, man, should start with him. But he's, he's had a good, I, I don't think the 539 is a bad price for him, honestly. Um, I think if he was lower, I think if he was like 480, he would be, so heavily owned. Um, yes. And if he was, you know, closer to 600, if he was 590, I think you might see it down in maybe the 10%, but I still reckon a lot of people would be on him. So I think it's quite oh. fair. I'm on him. Oh, yeah? I'm not on him for a super... I'm not on him for a super... Oh, not on him for super I'm coach, you. just... You're just on him. I'm I'm. I'm post you. in your bedroom. I, yeah. Yeah. Um... um yeah, I, I just sort of – I need to see where Harry comes back because we've seen it in the past with players and he has all the talent in the world just coming back from a different code, just let him get his feet wet, get back into it. As you said, mm-hmm. if something happens um, to bloody uh, Nickel Clockstar, he's definitely an option. But yeah, Oh, guaranteed. That's that. 100%. So, Sorry, man. Uh, five eights, nah. Yeah. You're right. Five, five eights, Luke Metcalf, uh, 483. With the other options around at the moment, I just don't think he's an option. Um, so I'm happy Metcalf? to just sort of, yeah. Um, 
Sorry, it looks like I'm just doing other stuff. I'm just trying to grab a cable. My phone's about to die as well. Um, I, I don't mind Metcalf for that <laughs> position, really, man. Yeah, I know. It's been a while. Um, for for his price tag, I don't mind it at all because I don't think he's going to be losing that spot at all. And I think, you know, he's, he's got a lot of upside. But, again, like, he played 12 games. He's got his average at the moment. But um, I think he starts and, you know, does what he does. But... Yeah, not a great deal of upside, but I think for 480, like you could do worse. Yeah, yeah. yeah I, no, I don't think that's, that's he'll true. do much different to what like a Burton might get you on a you know pretty consistent occasion, and he's 100k less than him. So, um, for that, yeah, it's it's pretty good. And the thinness at 58s, you know, it's there already. You, know, you say it every single year. There's just no good 58s besides the top three. Um, not saying he's going to be a top three 58 at all. No, probably not even close to it, but. Um, he's not priced as a top three five eighty, he's four eighty. So Dylan Walker's not far off, and I would much prefer to have an actual five eight that starts and plays. Who like he can do it. And the thing is, like if Estre's going to be injured, or you know if he's going to be taking a bit of the a bit of that workload off him to start the year, it actually could be all right. But yeah, um, again, man, it's just one of those plays. You know, if you got if you've run out of cash, maybe yeah, not no, bad. I, I agree. Dylan Walker and Tamari Martin, I, I don't see as real big players uh, for Supercoach yeah. this year, so uh, happy to, to skip past their halfback. Um, Chanel Harris-Tavita is priced at almost bottom dollar, 238K, and I know you said that Metcalf has that locked-in position, but I think Chanel Harris-Tavita could maybe become a 5'8", um, sneaky option for the Warriors. Um, not early, Um bit more once again let him get his feet wet and, and st- the like but he's one to keep an eye on at that very bottom dollar price tag mm. sean johnson is is a, a quick talking point in terms of just is he a realistic realistic option uh for someone who's looking at avoiding maybe the hinds or cleary for for whatever reason maybe it's to free up a bit of money he's priced at 793k average 77 points last year my argument for this one is I originally was all for Johnson. I actually had him in my first team I actually picked this year. And then I quickly realized he was freaky last year. Like, he was next yeah. level. And the thing is, he struggled to go with Hines or Cleary consistently last year. Like, even with the average there at 77. Like, for mine, it just seems like a no-brainer. You need at least Hines or Cleary, if not both. So... For mine to start this year, Johnson isn't an option. No, I, I don't think he's an option really. Not not considering what we know about him right now, anyway. Um, you know, if you really want to go against the grain and not have Cleary or Hines, realistically, you're probably not going to be up there too high on the overalls. It's just the way of the game, you know. What I mean, like you can go against it as much as you want and spread the wealth out, but like they're the high scoring players for a reason. And it was SJ's best year in a long, long time. And he still averaged like 20 points less than Heinz did. You know what I mean? Like there's different levels of these guys. They're just nuts. And that was a standout year for him. He's, I, I just don't see the value up anymore for him. He was great last year because he was so cheap to begin with, because again, like he hadn't been doing it for a long time. Um, his starting price last year was 450. 456. 456. So 
Man, 456. Imagine getting a 450k halfback as good as SJ at the moment. Like you don't you don't really have that right now. So, you know, there, there's his appeal. He went up a lot in cash and it was just fun to ride with the Warriors because they were just doing this stuff and it was so good to watch and you know, everyone was all about it. Literally everyone in this whole league was just wanting to see the Warriors do good. Um What's up, baby? What's up? I think that he has kind of hit his peak, really, as far as like a, a price goes. And potentially even what he can do, like, you know, at, at his very best last year in that team, you saw what he'd done. You know, and he had those games where he scored, what, like 150 points. You know, he did it maybe five times. Yeah, these other two are doing it almost every other game. Yeah. So it's kind of like, I know, yeah. It's, it's, yeah, it's. Basically, yeah. you know who you got to go. Like it's, you just, you just got to do can, it, and that's can, that's not including any of his potential injury risk, which he's had every single year. Like he's had an injury, his hamstrings have done something, or he's whatever's happened. He's been injured every year. Um, he just didn't really have and to. That's worry when about Chanel that could become a. That's when yeah. Chanel could become an option. If, if there is an injury yeah. to Johnson, then I do look at Chanel a lot, mm. and I go pretty much straight away because. Compared to all the other bottom dollar sort of halfbacks and five eights in that sort of uh, this year, I know I'm pretty much more most confident in Chanel because he's been there, done it before, and he's actually he's a good player. Like he's mm. he's a talented player, and around he will have arguably one of the most talented backlines in the competition at his disposal next year. So if he was able to get in there and get at least like a ten game run or something, I reckon he could generate some decent cash there. So. Yeah, yeah, he's definitely a sneaky one if Johnson goes down. Yeah, if Johnson goes down, obviously, like you naturally you would expect him to come back up because Falkman's not there, you know, with his whole thing going on. So oh, where, um, where is he? <laughs> oh, no mate. Oh, he's gotten absolutely stitched up. Poor bloke. Okay. He yeah. had a deal with him and now he's now he's got nothing and now he's got to pay for his own bills, his medical bills. So it's it's kind of he just got shafted. Absolutely shafted. I feel sorry Welcome. for him. Welcome to the real world. You yeah. pay for, for this, these surgeries, guys. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I, I do feel for for Paul Volkman. It's not a, a situation to laugh at, I don't think. But yeah, no. um, but like I'll just quickly touch on what you'd mentioned with like Chanel, you know, with his with his potential cash price option. Because I know you're very hot on going with Cleary and Hines to start with. You know that basically puts you out of contention for every one of these little up and down cash movers. Because do you want to trade away from one of them? No. So you got to just own it now. Right. You know, because there will be halves that will come up and down and they'll they'll do that right. And you think, okay, if you've got the one gun and you're going to leave him in there forever, you can kind of cycle the second one over and over if you find, you know, that value up and down. But if you've got Heinz and Cleary, you'd be mad to sell one of them to get Chanel Harris to you be. Know what, Even you though like... you're probably, you're banking probably 700K, maybe, maybe that's... 600. That's, that's a shitload of cash. Um you know what the ideal would be? I'll, I'll tell you right now. I don't want it to happen. As a rugby league fan, I do not want it to happen. But I'll go Cleary and Hines. They get me away to a flyer. I'm sitting pretty overall and the head to at least the like. And then, I don't know, seven weeks into it, one of them gets a, an injury. I never. I obviously don't ever wish this upon a player. And then, like a, then a Johnson goes down as well. And then Chanel comes along. And as you just said, Oh, 
downgrade, free up 700. And then you start to play. <laughs> then you start to play super coach. And then you're like, hang on. Look at the Fafita. Look at Tino. Look at the likes. Like, that's when you start lighting up and you start going, all right, we're, we're yeah. looking good here. But obviously, you never want to wish that. But that would be sort of those dream scenarios. But you are right. Worst like, resort. I'm, yeah. I'm locking myself into two players, but I'm happy to lock myself into those two. Yeah. Yeah, and they're the best too for a reason. And that's the thing where you look at SJ and go, he's just at his very, very best. He still wasn't there. Um, yeah, and it's it's tricky now. You see him walking around and he's injured, and you're thinking, shit, is it is it gonna is it is already started? Like, are we already expecting this out of SJ? I don't know. Um, so yeah, I don't know. I really like the player. You know, I wish him all the best, and I don't think he's got a great deal left in him. Um, Could be his last year. Could be his last year. I, I don't think he does what he did last year. Realistically, man, it was a it was a hell of a year for him. Um, I could only see it going down, unfortunately. Whether it's price or points or overalls or a bit of both, or it's a little bit more inconsistent in Patria. Um, yeah, I just have to. He'd have to go right down into a you know the six hundreds, five hundreds for me to try and get on him again. Or the other two no. maybe don't become an option. But it's just there's a lot of ifs, man. I, I probably won't do it again. Because I had him last year and I really enjoyed it because he did really, really well. Um, but it was it was kind of towards the back too because he did a consistent job, you know, 70s, 70s. And he had those really big 150 games. But they were at the back end. They weren't consistent throughout. So, yeah. No, I, I agree. Um, let's get into the forwards. And with the forwards, I'm basically just going to throw – them both together, front row, forward, and second row, because the reason I say that, I look at the options, and I think they basically just are straightforward uh, in a way. I think they're all pretty much sort of priced at about what you're going to get from them. Um, mm. Unfortunately for the Warriors this year, I don't feel like there's really a cheap option yet because, again, like the Titans, for instance, they've got quite an experienced and some depth in the forwards. So we just sort of know who's going to get those spots. Um, Cape will obviously come over for the Broncos priced at 548 though. And there's just, I think with the fact that there is some mid tier options that are a bit cheaper and probably generate some more points than that. He's not really the option. Jackson Ford was great last year. Um, mm -hmm. Can he continue that? That will be the question. Tohu Harris at 680 is always just one of those guys that floats around average last year, 66 again, was one of those that sort of seemed to get some injuries or be playing just purely busted. Like, he yeah, just he was... seems to – he's the definition of a warrior, that that bloke. He yep. is just – doesn't stop somehow. And he just looks like no. – you look at him and you're like, he's like, if he was a machine, you'd just say, stop using it. Just let it rest yeah. and relax. Just, like, I know. just put it away in the corner. Yeah, he's blown a gasket, you know, the steam coming out of him and things are popping off the sides. But, yeah, he's he's busted, man, all the time. and He doesn't change what he does. So he's just – he's insane. Um, you think eventually he's got to take its toll on the poor bloke because he's always bandaged up. He's, his whole body's wrapped up. He's a freaking mummy out there and he just keeps doing it. And he plays insane minutes too. So, um, yeah, he's a beast, man. I think for draft, excellent. I think if you could have had the choice – to have someone else, you probably would because, you know, you just – it pains you to go out there and you, you don't think he's ever going to come off really because he doesn't seem to, but he does always just freaking have to get wrapped up somewhere. So, 
Um, they are kind of priced, you know, where they're going to do their job. There isn't any cashies anymore. Jackson Ford was the last one. He was in the 280s or something when he started last year. So it was really nice. Um, that's what I mean, man. We were blessed last year with how many freaking cashies we had. Took it for granted. Now there's none left. Um, AFB? AFB, yeah. Just what a year from the bloke. Just saw so many tries. Um, I rode every single league wave with him. I drafted him. I had him in super coach. I had him in fantasy. I loved it. And it was just because I think he was actually pretty cheap, really, for yeah. for where he sort of come. He would have been in the 500s, 550s. So it was it was nice to have, but unexpected form, man. Just in immense, immense player out there and very reliant on those tries to keep up with the likes of your, your Haas and your Tino and stuff, who he was categorized with. Very, very try-dependent. So, like, you know, the effort's there, but, you know, he needs that try to get him up into that next group, and that's where he's been priced. Um, he's been priced just as pretty much where Haas is, and he doesn't do the same amount of load as Haas does. You know, he scores more tried. He scores more tries last year than Haas did, but uh, that's, you know, you can't rely on that when you're, you're thinking about where someone's average falls in. You can never rely on someone to score a try. Um, but for a front rower, they're not expected to. It's more so about what everything else they do in the game. Um, if he can keep the tries flowing, shit, he's back in. We're, we're back on AFB, but it's a big if. There's still um, some temptation. There's, there, there's 7% in that position. That is a decent number. Um, 740K, though. I just... Yeah. It's a lot of money to spend on a like, front row. If you're going that, you go on Haas. Well, exactly. And you're not going to have both, man. I, I don't see that sort of value um, immediately being a priority for your front rowers. I think down the line, you do want to get those two guns in that spot and you're just going to run with them for a long time. Um, but straight out of the gates, I think having, you know, a mil and a half tied up in two players in your front row, it's too much value to, to have just, you know, relying on a base stat, you know, because you can't you can't expect them to score those tries all the time. But, um, you know, it's not to say you can't get a 70 and an 80. Like, he might he might reach, reach his price and his average, and his break-even is probably going to be very very flat. But, um, again, you just got to hope he doesn't get injured because he has had that thing going the last few years. And, and where his headspace is at with these, obviously, his family issues. Well, yeah, he's already announced that he's yeah he's moving back, back ball, too. So. so that's another Never thing to consider. That. Yeah, I didn't really think too much about that to be honest with you. But now that you bring it up, um, I've got him in the know. Yeah, but for the time being, I would say so. I'd like to see some good form out there before I make the switch. But even still, um, yeah, I don't know. I think he's just priced out too a bit too far at the moment for me to see him as a as a good good option. Um, if he was, yeah, if only, if only it was 550. Let's finish with a hooker. Um, not a bad way to finish the night, I guess. So, <laughs> um, Wade, Wade Egan, oh, um, 576K. Is, it's late. We, we, we get to this stage, where you said, we get a little bit loose. But for us now, it's, it's 11 and 10 o'clock. So, um, yeah. We are pumping along the last bit. Egan, is he an option for, again, the non-Harry Grant owner? He was 
I think he wrote a bit of the success last year of the Warriors. Yeah. 576. I just can't ever see myself saying I'm going to start with Wade Egan at 576K. No, Wade Egan's big appeal was the logical. fact that he, he wasn't that expensive, you know? Like, it's he's the fifth most expensive hooker. Um, but he started around 502 last year, so that didn't change. It was just his very early season form. He scored maybe four or five tries in a row, or something like that. He was averaging very, very well for the first, I think, five or at least five games because I had him in my draft yeah. team in, um, in NRL. And um, he was actually my very, very, very late bench hooker pickup in in my draft league. So he was no, on no one's radar. Andy. No one actually – no one wanted him. Yeah, it was almost to the point where I was like, I don't even want him off the waivers. Um but, you know, as a, as a hooker, obviously he has value because there, there aren't too many good ones. So as a backup for that, you know, fair enough. But now he's priced up very high. He's more expensive than Robson, and I've got mad reps on Robson. So for that alone, no. Um, for his the amount of injuries he copped last year, throat injury, concussions, you know, this and this and this. It was just all random stuff too, but it was pretty consistent. Um, enough to just be like, no, nah, I just don't want to – I don't want to do it again. I do not want to do it again because it's just it's going to be another patchy. one that another one just throws his body around. Yeah, he just gets his head in very just, awkward spots. Because yeah. he played three, he missed one. He played two, he missed two or three. He played three and missed two. He played two and missed one. So it was just you can't string a straight line of games together from him. Um, and that you definitely don't want that because that price at five seventy, he's your starting hooker. Um, be it not Harry Grant, Cook, Marshall King, any of those other guys. Like that's that's the coin that's the coin that you're spending for the main guy. Um, but if your main guys can only play two, three games at a time, you do not want to have him on. So I think it was kind of the same as the Reed Marnie thing, where Marnie might not have been any good, but at least he played every game. Yeah. Um because it was between the two, I remember it pretty clearly. It was they were both kind of, you know, half on at that time, and he thought, oh, you know, which one is it, one or the other? If you're going to make a late swap for anyone, um, I think I had Marnie because I didn't want to do Egan because I had drafted Egan in a different league, and I wasn't super fresh on going all in on him. Um, so I went with Marnie for a little bit, and like, admittedly, he played basically every game, you know, barring two or three for the year, but they weren't exciting games, so. Um, got off that one pretty quick after. So, yeah, it's just too much coin to spend, really, for that. Like, yeah. you know, if you if you can make that many points about one thing, I think the, the choice has already been made. It's maybe just not worth it. But, like, you know, I look at Wade Egan for 576, and for literally 3K more, you got Blake Braley, who is just so consistent, so far from injury and... You know, no origin. He's gonna, he's literally gonna play every single minute of every single game. He's much more of an option for the same price with no, the Sharks I, run I to begin with, too. So, yeah, if he was, yeah, you know, a lot of ifs. I can say if he was cheaper a thousand times, but if he was cheaper, I wouldn't look at him. Um, it still puts him in a weird bracket. Yeah, I don't know. I'd need to see some miracle stuff coming from him again to see him, but he just got to string a few games together. But I don't think what's his ownership three percent. Yeah, three percent. That's fair. Again, I can't believe we're, we're sweating so much on um, 
Wade Egan, but here we are. <laughs> uh, we, we've found a way to do so, but I, I, I'm with you. I'm going to just wipe the hands off with that one and just say for mine, Wade Egan, no, no. Uh, but, guys, Sorry, I hope you, you enjoyed this one. Um, again, there was some big teams and big plays in this one. A lot of excitement around, obviously, being the first day that the app is live now to everyone. Uh, we anticipate uh, even more Supercoach content. Now the app is live, I will get around to also getting the competitions live uh, that we will be running. Mm-hmm. Um, there is something massive that I'm going to announce in the next couple of days for our overall competition that we're going to be putting on, uh, together. There is a massive prize. So um, make sure you're around um, our, both our Facebook and Instagram pages to hear that announcement or see that announcement. It is something you want to be playing for. Uh, really, really cool. But um, again, thanks everyone who is listening. Um, the podcasts and the YouTube uh, numbers are going through the roof. Really, we do appreciate it. It will go a long way if you can just go that extra bit further. Just like it um, and just hit that subscribe button on either YouTube or the little bell, bell icon um, on your podcast because then you'll get notifications when our um, information or when our podcasts do come out. It does go a long way of helping promote the page as well. And also just give us a rating. Give us that rating. Um, it does help heaps and it gets the page out a bit further because people will search, say, Supercoach, and if we're up there rated um, quite highly, then we'll pop up just naturally. So thanks for tuning in with us for this long. We, we really appreciate your time. Hopefully we've helped you out a little bit. Um, we've probably confused you. We've probably made things hard, but... <laughs> Trust me, there is a lot of Panadol getting Panadol getting used at the moment because this is a hard time for us super coach lovers. It's trying to sort out the best team and it's impossible to find early on. But thanks for listening, guys. Really do appreciate it. We are off to get some um, shut-eye, uh, thoroughly <laughs> deserved. But, yeah, thanks and you'll see us uh, for the next one.